All right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us. Another episode of Catching Up with Jacob, and wouldn't be a show without him. Jacob Prash, how are you? Blessings in Jesus. Wonderful to be with you. How am I? Good, bad, and in between, but always looking up. Uh, amen. Looking up, getting to get caught up, and uh, right. in more ways than one, in more ways than one. Uh, Jay, down the street, how you doing? Good. Feliz Navidad. Prospero años. Felicidad. All right. Amen. Amen. I don't know. Como se dice en Japones? How do you say it in Japanese? Oh, uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> praise God. Praise, praise God. And uh, down under, it's already Saturday. Davey, how you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Pretty good. Good to be here with you all. Yeah, praise the Lord. We're glad to have you here, brother. Uh, Jacob, uh, some stuff going on. Uh, on a personal level, ministerial level. I want to share a few things before we go on, just some announcements and uh, some things that I think believers have to pay attention to. A couple of things. David Lister will be rejoining us early in the new year, Lord willing. He has been in the Far East, and he's not been in places that are easily accessible to uh, re reliable internet access and things like this. He's, he's in Southeast Asia. So he will be rejoining us in the new year. A number of inquiries we've had, that's the answer. Secondly, we are continuing to ask prayer for Hatun Tash. It's been officially announced now by her ministry and by Jay Smith's ministry that she is missing. Mm. Um, and it, 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 there's an appeal to get the British police to investigate because they don't have an address for her. Um, so it would take a major police investigation to, to get onto anything. And Christians in Britain are being asked to contact members of parliament in that regard. We have statements from Jay Smith and from her ministry to that effect on Moriel TV, Moriel.tv, MorielTV.org, Rumble, etc. We are, are very concerned about her. Please keep her in prayer. We pray to God she's alive. We don't know. They've tried to kill her before. Mm. Um, secondly, uh, and her father is an imam. If you don't know, her father wants her dead. Her father is a Muslim yes. imam, and her father wants her dead. Um, the other thing is... We have some reports from the, the main ministry. We Well, two, two of the ministries we support in Israel who are ministering to believing soldiers, to soldiers in the IDF, uh, from Netiva and also from some independent works. You can watch that and you can just see where our support is going and what it's going for. Um, it's not only for soldiers, it's for <clears throat> um, families of soldiers, and it's for... Um, distribution to other soldiers by believers in the military just saying these are food parcels these are footwear these are socks these are whatever first aid kits and they're coming from born again believers in australia in new zealand in the united states in canada in great britain and europe and they're standing with israel and they're praying for us um it's a good witness and a good testimony, and it enhances the witness and testimony and opens doors for believers in the military to share their faith. So you can see those clips on Moriel TV. Um, but please pray for Hatun Tash. It's become very, very concerning. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jacob. I, I, I thought last week we had uh, somebody had found her, but I guess it wasn't it wasn't the case. Uh, her, her, her own ministry denies the authenticity of those reports. 
Okay. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you. And uh, uh, we'll con please continue to watch those videos. If you have any questions, just watch the videos on Memorial TV. It'll give you a lot of information. Hatun Tosh, very well known for being outspoken against Islam and and uh, and a proclaimer of the gospel, especially against Islam. Very effective, by the way. And uh, you can see how the enemy will, will definitely will try to take her down. So we appreciate your prayers for her and, and more to come. So we'll update this as soon as we get more information. And uh, Jay, you got anything on the podcast? I think. Uh, we wanted to make sure that people are aware of the podcast, maybe not the schedule. I think it's out already, but uh, at least let them know where they can find uh, these wonderful podcasts that people enjoy. Absolutely. Make sure you uh, can go to Apple, which is the best place to get our podcast, Memorial TV, Memorial Ministries, also Spotify, uh, Podchasers, uh, Amazon Podcasts. There are so many places you can get our podcasts. Please uh, make sure to download them and listen to them. Uh, we don't know how much longer we have a platform like this. So if you want to save any of the invaluable teachings from Sandy, from Marco, from Jacob, download them, keep them, and uh, be able to listen and learn from them whenever you need to. Amen. Thank you, brother. You know, they're so, they're so good. The podcasts are so good. Uh, I think, well, it, for a long time, the podcast technology has been around. We've used it. Uh, but I think we've really been focusing on the last few years and it, it's growing. Uh, it's growing ever so slowly at times. Uh, sometimes it goes really fast. I guess it depends on uh, what people listen to the most or what they want to hear. Uh, but it's interesting that a lot of the stuff that we have, it's like the catching up with Jacob's on there too. Jacob's teachings from Wednesdays uh, and Thursday, uh, and sorry, from Thursdays are there. Sandy's from Wednesdays are there. Uh, some of Jacob's stuff is on there too. Uh, Sunday mornings uh, that I taught before are on there, and we're adding some more. Ken's Corner is on the podcast, right, Jay? You're on a podcast with Ken. Ken on Ken's Corner is on the podcast, yeah. and uh, uh, my study yeah. on Ruth is on the podcast. Well, oh, it should well, be. Yeah, I'll have well, to get on the podcast one, team. Jay. Yeah, Jay Jay's uh, teaching on Ruth that people have been asking for. It's actually on there. Hopefully, it's on there. I, I don't want to uh, misspeak or anything like that, but I think it should be on there. Put it yeah. that way. And, it will uh, be. And get, it will be. All right. Very good. Praise the Lord. Uh, Davey, we uh, you've been working on some things that I think needs to be said regarding uh, uh, Christmas Day. You know, I was reading this report, and it's connected to this. The loneliness of people have hit an all-time high over the past four years. Uh, there are so many people that are lonely. This is Christians included because they stopped going to church over the last four years. And we've had massive amount of young people who not only believers, but unbelievers who have no outlet, no, no outlet to anything. Uh, they stay at home most of the time. They, they don't have a relationships or friendships with uh, other people. But this is also plaguing believers. And, and we're trying to do something about this. And uh, you want to explain very quickly uh, what's one way that we can help believers that are struggling with loneliness in these times of year. You you think of the festivity, you think of holiday season, Christmas season, Hanukkah season, uh, but it's not quite like that for a lot of people. Go ahead. Well, I think this year more than ever, there's a lot of people who are really struggling th this time of year. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever known so many people who are going through difficulties, whether it's in their marriage, um, uh, job losses, uh, so many people have lost a loved one. Uh, so many people are going to be alone this Christ, uh, Christmas. And I, I was actually even talking and praying with a dear brother in the middle of the week. And he was just saying that he he's never seen so many people that are just 
got this heaviness about them this year. There's a heaviness on a lot of people. And that is even true of Christians. There's a lot who are hurting, uh, lonely, uh, just depressed, just struggling in general. And uh, look, it, a lot of us have even been going through our own battles. So we are planning on having a broadcast on Christmas Day on Devour Truth on the YouTube channel. Um, it should be around about 10 hours of streaming. So um, we're hoping to provide you with some Christmas Day teachings, just some encouragement, some music. Um, so yeah, if, you've, if you're home alone, got nothing to do on Christmas Day, just feeling a little bit down, would like some encouragement, would just like some word, just want to praise the Lord. Uh, please tune in to um, uh, Devour Truth, the YouTube channel, and uh, yeah, in, enjoy the service. Um, and I, I just want to thank everybody who's been contributing to it too. It's been um, it's been great, and I think it just sort of uh, it's wonderful working together as a team. Amen. Well, there's a lot of people that have contributed to that, right, Davy? So that's been. That's been part of the fun. We got a lot of people to uh, help other believers by sharing not only Christ's message, but also an encouraging message that we're not alone. You're not alone. Wherever the Spirit is there, then we're connected by the Holy Spirit, preaching Jesus, sharing Jesus. Then there's a communion there. There's a, uh, the fellowship of the Spirit that takes us in into the, the closeness with Christ. Amen. Yeah, we're, we're many members, but one body in Christ. That's right. That's right. So echoing Paul, you know, echoing Paul, what he says, one member suffers, we all suffer. When we rejoice, all members have to rejoice. So let's, let's rejoice in the Lord and in the power of his might and of his strength and to get us through that. So that would be on Christmas day, which would be the 25th. So uh, that would be on Monday. So this, this year is a Monday. So uh, enjoy, enjoy. Thank you, Davey, for putting that together. So I think all the announcements that we've had, Let's catch up, Jacob. And I just wanted to take the top of the story. It's this uh, pretty interesting one. And we get to some heavier ones later, but pretty interesting one. A federal judge orders the documents of Jeffrey Epstein's associates to be unsealed. About 180 members or associates of Jeffrey Epstein's list, uh, the, the Lolita Express, what they call it, the people on the flight log, are, are going to be unsealed. Now, we've gone through this before. Uh, one judge who tried to do that a couple of years ago, her family was attacked uh, after this person, this judge had actually uh, wanted to unseal the documents. So this is nothing new uh, in terms of people wanting to do it. This is supposed to happen on January 2nd. Uh, this judge is, her name is Loretta Prescott, new judge for Southern District of New York, her explaining her reasoning. So people need to know the truth. Uh, is it a nothing burger, Jacob, in your eyes, or is there something here that we should watch out for? Because this is probably one of the biggest cases, uh, bringing in so many people from so many different countries, so many different levels of government that supposedly are on this list, but it's hard to know because it's been so hidden by the four-letter agencies. There were consequences in Britain for Prince Andrew. Bill Clinton because of the Lewinsky scandal, it was just more of the same. Um, the powers that be, the real powers that be that have been associated with Epstein, they're going to be immune. The left-wing media, the mainstream media, social media are going to protect them. It'll be a storm in a teacup, most likely. The media doesn't care about truth. It, the society has become so morally debased, they expect their leaders to be immoral people. Um, 
it'll be a storm in a teacup. What happened to Prince Andrew? Um, well, he lost some royal titles and positions, but he's still Prince Andrew. He was never brought to any kind of judicial account. Either was Bill Clinton. This, this, the Secret Service detail to get on to get on that plane and go down to that island. Uh, what happened? Nothing. Um, what's going to happen? Well, nothing. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, it's not a nothing burger. It's it's going to be a, a burger, but people aren't going to want to eat. <laughs> people will just won't have an appetite for it because the mainstream media is not going to put it on the menu. No, I wonder if it's going to be one of those Bill Gates burgers. What are those called, Jay? Those uh, those burgers he likes to make. Uh, the, the I forget what they're called. Uh, the, impossible the burgers. burgers? <laughs> impossible burgers. It's just an impossible meat burger that you know the Bill yeah. Gates, which supposedly he's on the thing too. I mean, allegedly he's uh, very very good friends, very good friends, very interesting pictures and all that stuff. So yeah. um, it may be uh, it may be an impossible burger. That we yeah. might get on that January second, but nonetheless, all kidding aside, uh, Jacob, we we've heard for so many years that just the, the rottenness of world governments, of DC, of European unions, and the the, the WEF, you know, the the perverts in the WEF, and the Davos, and the devils in Davos, and all the sex tapes and all the stuff that has happened. But there's one thing that we can't deny in the Senate of the United States, not just sex tapes, gay. Sex tapes. Yes. By a staffer caught himself filming a porno, a gay porno in the yep. hearing room in the Senate. I mean, okay, I am not shocked, but I'm grossed out. Put it that way. I'm not shocked because I understand these things happen behind the scenes for many years in DC. But Jacob, did this did this surprise you? Did this shock you in any way? No. Look, Bill Clinton used the Oval Office as a boardwalk to perform unnatural act unnatural acts yes with 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 an with a troubled young woman the age of his daughter and and what he did was was not even natural it was he was bill clinton was a sexual deviant yes and 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 the mainstream media played it down um he was protected during the impeachment even though he lied he was disbarred he was disbarred as a lawyer for perjury what impact has it had Upon mm. his standing within the Democratic Party, nothing. No, they um, applaud him. They applaud him. You know, it, that's what it is. I I would go back to a teaching we did in the 1990s and a teaching we did on location in Rome. It was filmed in Rome. And we went around to the Palatina, the Capitolina, the Colosseum, the Maritina prison where Paul was and things like this. And we taught on location, but we also did it before that in lecture theaters, that the political as well as cultural environment of the first century church, the Greco-Roman world, was going to come back. That's what Western society was going to become mm. during the reign of emperors like Caligula, where you had widespread sexual perversion in the Senate among the aristocracy, um, where you had things imported from Greece into Rome, where violence was entertainment with the gladiators and things of that nature, and where uh, you had an acceptance of pansexuality. 
Today we call it LGBTQ plus I or whatever it is. That is exactly what you had in the first century. When you read about Claudius, who was a homosexual emperor, or or, or his nephew Caligula, these people were unbelievable, unbelievably perverted. Hmm. They were unbelievably perverted. Um, again, another thing was pedophilia, bestiality. Yeah. yeah. The most depraved, sick things you can think of was the cultural environment of the first century, Greco-Roman world that the early church was in. Paul deals with some of these things in the epistles to the Romans. But it permeated not only the social fabric, but got into the highest strata of society in Imperial Rome, wow. right up to the emperor and the senate. Okay. This, however, is the New Testament version. You have the Babylonian, the Tower of Babel, and the Canaanite equivalents in the Old Testament. When you read the Torah, when God told the Jews through Moses, the Hebrew, the Israelites, don't do these things that the nations I'm going to drive out before you were doing. That's right. The Amorites and, and all that. Yeah. yeah. It was perversion. It was every kind, every kind of sexual deviancy and perversion you can think of. It was um, human sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> Just kill the babies. Um, if you want to know what's happening, what's going to happen, read the Torah. Mm. Read Josh, the book of Joshua. Read the epistle to the Romans. Read the epistle to the Corinthians. The way it was is the way it's becoming, and it's going to be that way. Hmm. It's going to follow the same pattern that we have in, 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 in biblical history. Jay, this is uh, this is pretty interesting. A heck of a week. Right? We talked about last week how, obviously, this week is the porn in the Senate, but last week we got those uh, uh, school board leaders swearing in on uh, uh, their new offices on, on pornographic material. Yeah. You got the tranny tap dancers right at the White House, satanic statues in Iowa. Uh, I mean, w w am I missing anything here? And now you got this, uh, uh, you know, gay porn stuff in the Senate, Room H, uh, uh, Heart 216, the ju Judiciary Room. I mean, this is wild stuff. Keep in mind, anytime you're dealing with the pottery within government, it's like an iceberg. What you see is just what's above water. What's below yep. the water is probably 80% of yep. the problem. So imagine yep. the cancer that is in the higher echelons of power yep. that we are not seeing. What they're doing in closed rooms, in secret, yeah. in the dark. That's what I truly fear. What, what what we're seeing right here, as shocking as it is, we know that these things go on. Mm. It's just we've never seen the boldness to to, to put it out there. But uh, you know, they what they do in dark, no man should no man should speak of. That's yeah. right. It, uh, Paul says things that are shameful to even speak of. Even speak of them, yeah. But you know. Um, Hollywood is like that. We see the moral debauchery and perversion of Hollywood, but what really goes on in those parties in Bel Air oh. and stuff like that, oh. and the pop music industry, just the same, if not more yeah. so. 
again, not not to name drop or anything, but I have a very close friend, a close friend, and her husband, she, a new husband, a sister in Christ, and I had one foot, one foot, in the pop music industry inner circle. She had two feet in it. She was married to one of the Rolling Stones. Now she's a, a believer in Jesus, follows him with her whole heart. Um, she and I knew a lot of the same people, and we'd been at the same party or parties and things like that. And I knew certain things about how debaucherous the world of pop music was and what went on in it. But she knew it from, she knew it. From, I had one foot in it. She had two feet in it. She was married. <laughs> she was right in the middle of all of it. And it, it is what you see this stuff what lady gaga does and what madonna does it seems perverted and everything and 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 it is but what you don't see is much worse much more debaucherous than what you see hmm. um i think it's just going to all come out you know it's just going to be this open it's interesting this guy uh i think his name is aiden aiden zorovsky uh, he was the same guy that disrupted the Jewish congressman who was basically having a, a, a meeting about Israel and and about the Jewish people and the, and, the, and the plight of the Jewish people in Israel. And this guy interrupted it. Free Palestine, free Palestine. Next week he gets caught, you know, gay porn in the Senate. I mean, how long is he going to last as a filmmaker in, uh, in Palestine, you think? <laughs> Not very long, especially Again. with a German lover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then there's that. Then there's that. Um, this is this is this is crazy stuff. They, we're talking they, see honey... him, they see people like him as a useful idiot. Yeah, exactly. Like a honeypot, but in this case, a gay honeypot. Uh, uh, David, what do you think? Yeah, I think the whole thing, in a way, and I'm look. I apologize for the graphic imagery, but it, the whole thing is really kind of symbolic, really, of what uh, uh, the Senate has become because it's supposed to be government of the people, by the people, and for the people. But they've become about forcing their agendas um, on others. It's become about they're the policy makers, they're forcing their opinions on others, uh, forcing people to comply. They're not, uh, they're not representing the people at all. But yeah. this is pretty much what they're doing to the American public. The American public should feel violated there should be a public outrage over this. Um, I, you know, look, I think the whole thing is just sickening and disgusting, but it is very, it is a picture. It is a picture, a graphic picture of what is happening to the American public. Yes. To talk it's in society, and it's in society now. This is the, the Christians have to live in this society, be in the society, not of the society, in a sense of participating in it. But uh, Jacob, Christians lived through this in the first century. Yes. Uh, where the Christians have to live this in the 21st century, but it seems more and more Christians, uh, at least those who confess Christ, fall more and more prey to this stuff. I mean, we got Christians into pornography. We're Christians who unfaithful Christians getting into immorality. Oh yeah, when I and when Moriel was attacked by Studio Scotland, she was bringing in the men laws. The, the studio they, they were bringing in. This this guy called himself TBC Kawaii. His, his name was something else. His name was You Jockey Smith, and he had an avatar of a bisexual porn movie about a homosexual male um, who was having a relationship with a wo troubled woman who was had had sex with her father. Now 
this is what Studio Scotland was promoting. They they promoted this guy who was into this sick stuff. And the pictures of him we have with him and his gay lover looking at a gay butch couple. Well, this is what Studio Scotland, this was so-called Christian. Um, they they did the thing with Roseboro, with go F yourself and you, you know, go get F to this is what Studio Scotland they actually had this stuff. Morio's been attacked by Christians who've been involved in the promotion of this kind of perversion and filth. And we can prove it. Um, these are Christians. Oh, people always, oh, well, I don't know if they're, they, they say they're Christians. We've experienced it. But I think that what we've experienced is going to happen on a much wider scale. You're going to have Christians involved in the, some of the most sick stuff imaginable. Mm. Other example was Paul Kane from the Kansas City False Prophets, who was the darling of, 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 of Mike Bickle, who's now been nailed himself. Paul Kane was a homosexual alcoholic. Morial Missionary uh, in Thailand was part of an evangelistic team, and some of the people on the team met Paul Kane in the Thai text resort of uh, Pattaya. And he admitted he was down there looking for boys, for underage boys. He was, he was an alcoholic and a homosexual. He was a drunk and he was a, a homosexual and, and a pedophile. And, and, and this is what IHOP was promoting. This is what Bickle and, and, and the late John Wimber were promoting. Um, this look at where they are now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've seen it ourselves with Studio Scotland. We've seen it, you know, with the, the IHOP. I mean, the filth gets into the church. Christians yeah. go with it. Uh, Jacob, if, well, I'm going to ask you guys this, just any any three of you, but, you know, Jacob, who's starting with you, how does a, how does a young man keep his way from falling into this, as a, as a man, What's what would be day? what would be your recommendation, your your advice for a young man who may be struggling into this, falling into this, how to get out of it? There's a verse that asks that question, and it's quite a verse. One verse that speaks to this is flee youthful lusts. Hmm. And that you open the door of your mind to this stuff, the devil gets a toe in; he's going to get a foot in. He gets a foot in, he's going to get in. <laughs> you know, flee youthful lust. Hmm. Now, I speak about me. And I'm not trying to be gross or crude here. I don't subscribe to internet porn sites, and I don't have, I never did that. I mean, I, I've been spammed it and all of that, but I, I've never had an affair or anything like that or slept with anybody but my wife since she's been my wife, but I've certainly been tempted. I have certainly been tempted. We all do. Well, well how do I think of this? Jesus as a young man with the thorns being pulled over his eyes, as I said on our Bible study, mm. with the nails being driven into his wrists into his um radius um and bleeding and just covered and looking i'm paying for what you did mm. i didn't pay this price so you could keep doing it i paid this price so you would stop doing it um look at him on the cross look at what it cost him and put yourself he's off the cross he's resurrected put yourself on the cross crucify the old nature it's the only way to do it Remember, when we go into this stuff, when we happen to be speaking about something sexual, it can apply to any kind of sin. That's right. Just, I mean, we, we happen to be speaking about sexual stuff because of the 
the avalanche of, 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 of filth that's been unleashed on society and, and through 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 media and through 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 internet technology. But um I just think, you know, he had to pay for what people did. He had to pay for my sin. And his death, his cross, his blood, the crown of thorns is not a credit card, so I can keep living that way. That's right. It's not a just charge it to my credit card. Don't worry, Jesus paid the bill. That mentality is is a backslidden mentality. Hmm. He did it to pay for what we did, but also with the intended incentive that we would stop doing it. Now we drop our crosses, we all fail. We repent and we keep going. But when people try, look in the world but not of it when you're a christian who's in the world um and you're conspicuously of it you got a problem yeah yeah i mean you, you see church leaders falling by the wayside with yeah. these kinds of sins and the backslider of heart will be filled with his own ways yeah that's right proverbs that's um, right that verse from proverbs you know by keeping it according to yeah word well, that, that's the problem with a lot of these ch churches. They've abandoned God's word. So, you know, how do you keep your way pure? By keeping it according to your word. If you abandon God's word, you know, immorality is going to follow. Yep. Very, very, very true. So it's some, some good advice there. Some good advice for believers in terms of how to deal with it, how to deal with it. And, and of course, as a pastor and, and dealing with yeah. uh, believers and their issues, you know, this is, this yeah. is a constant thing. This is a constant thing with men but increasingly jacob with women obviously we don't have a lady here in the in our discussion here to discuss it but increasingly with women getting into pornography getting into filth like this oh i you know i've heard people talk about it this book and the 50 shades of gray or something like yes. that yes you had young mothers reading this book about now i don't care what somebody does in the context of their marriage but they were reading this book. <laughs> These are like drop the kids off at school, and they they they. It was it was. It, and people fantasize about it. The people fantasize about know, it. I, there was a news clip I saw this week, saw yesterday, and I said this can't be, and I I, I put it up. It was too crazy. But a, a woman doing performing an act of autoeroticism on a beach before her family. And when the police came and arrested her, she didn't know what they were locking her up for. Wow. <laughs> like she if it was nothing. Yeah. Like if it was normal. It was just normal, normal activity on a Sunday on a Sunday afternoon at the beach. What a what a world. What a crazy, crazy world. This is this is again what Jesus talks about being in the world. And uh yeah, being a witness and a testimony, not being spotted. Peter talks about it, not being spotted from the world. Realities, yeah, you know. Paul says these things that that are, that are too shameful to speak of. I mean, and yeah. they are. I don't, yeah. You know, we be talking about them. On the other hand, it's the reality of the society and the culture in which we find ourselves. Yeah, hey, Jacob. Just a quick thought. This is just you know we got to move on to the next subject. Then we talked about this one uh, long enough. But uh, on the one hand, churches that like are over the top on it and just go crazy like the Driscoll stuff, and they just oh. write books about it. But is there is there are there churches who have completely 
don't talk about it at all. Don't address the issue. Don't deal with it because they don't know how or they're ashamed of it or whatever it is. And then kids get fall into all kinds of issues. They don't know who to talk to. Is, is there been a problem the church overreacted? I to think in the previous generation, there was a problem because some such things, the moral standard was higher in society at large, secular society, and it was certainly higher in the church that such things, as Paul said, would be unfit to speak of. You know what right. I mean? Right. People knew they went on, but you didn't think about it or talk about it. But what do you do now when it's coming at you from every direction? Yeah. You can ignore it. I've, I've said the worst thing Christian parents can do and the worst thing, worst thing youth ministers can do is not to talk to these kids about these issues. Very good. I, 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 it's tragic we have to. Mm. But we have to. Yeah. No, I, I, th I think it's important for ministers to address it biblically and to address it, just to yeah. address the issue as a reality that we live in. How can you ignore Christian it? Christian that guy, I watched this teaching on the Song of Solomon, which was theologically very shallow. He didn't really understand this, the Song of Songs, the Shir Shadim. But he was using, because of the sexual, in the, the, the sexual metaphors in, 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 in the poetry, he was using vulgar terms. Hmm. He, he actually used improv. Yeah, he was yeah, speaking. He it, yeah, he made it rated R that people couldn't even go yeah, see, that, hear the it, message. It, 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 you know, now look, we just did a, a, a teaching. It was a composite of earlier teachings and some new stuff in South Africa recently in Cape Town. I filmed it, the Theology of Holy Matrimony. And it's available on the Morio website. And we deal with the Song of Solomon and we address the sexual issues, but not in a vulgar way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. When you Absolutely. begin seeing the vulgar to try to be relevant. Yeah, that's know, what they were trying to do. Try to be a, a, a hipster Christian. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might end up like Hillsong. You might end up like yeah. Hillsong. Yeah. yeah look, look at the ones who did it. Hill Hillsong, what became of it? Carl Lynn, what became of it? Mark Driscoll, what became of it? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a holy thing. You have to treat it as holy, but you have Bethel. to. Some of that stuff that's come out of Bethel in California. Oh man, it, especially it's the songs. Vulgar. It's just yeah. vulgar. Yeah, it's like the songs about Jesus are like Jesus is my boyfriend or something like that. I mean, that's how it comes out. Uh, Jacob, Mark, let's switch real quick because I'm sorry. I, Jamie, I just I just uh, wanted to add one verse to the conversation, yeah, and we'll close it out. Uh, Philippians 4 8 finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever yep. things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things yeah meditate on these things Amen. whatever's pure whatever's honest whatever's true it's so hard today to, to find those things but if you yeah. can, hold on to them. Continue to think about them. Right. And, and, but there won't be so much room for what's wrong. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, James. You know, yeah, thank you, brother. You know, to the to the married, stay faithful. Yeah. To the single, stay pure. Yeah. And that's been our, 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 our teaching in our church. And, uh, um, you know, it's, hopefully it helps people out in that way. But it, it's a big struggle. And, 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 and it's certain, surely we couldn't cover it all today. Uh, but if you're struggling with that, find a believer, pray with them, talk to them, confide in a in a pastor or or or, or, or 
or women's leaders ministry if you're a lady and uh deal with it begin to pray about it fast pray this is how i were to deal with it this is how we're to deal yes we have to be careful of misplaced guilt um and and think that it's unique to you it isn't right it isn't and pastors and people and leadership get attacked more very often in, in, in multiple areas, certainly in the areas of morality than other people. Um, pray for the leaders. Um, again, I'm, I'm not trying to be gross here. I, okay, I'm not into the, the porn stuff. Or the, the, I don't care about that. But I have battled, particularly not, not as much now as when I was younger, but as a Christian, not fantasizing about Marilyn Monroe or something like that, you know that that's 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 thirteen year old stuff. But recollections, memory, of, yeah, of, of of fornication as a teenager and stuff I did as a young guy before I walked with the Lord. You know stuff I actual stuff I did with actual women. That's a reservoir. That that's an uh, that's an arsenal of of of, of memories. Mm-hmm. That's that I have struggled with that stuff as a Christian. Uh, you know, that's me. Somebody else it could be some some other thing. I, I know a lot of guys struggle with porn or whatever it is. That's me. Just the recollections of stuff that, that happened or that I did that's with right. actual people. I mean, it, everybody gets it. And if you're in leadership, the devil's going to go after you. Double barrel. Double that's barrel. Right. That's right. Don't, double barrel. Don't think it's unique to you. That's right. Yeah. Don't yeah, think it's unique to you. Amen. That's what Peter says. Absolutely right. Uh, Jacob, let's talk about the 14th Amendment, because I think there's so many ill ideas and wrong ideas about this. But Colorado Supreme Court rules that Trump is disqualified from the 2024 ballot in Colorado. They removed his name and it goes into Section 3 of the 14th Amendment regarding insurrection. It was the decision by the Supreme Court in Colorado. It's going to go to the Supreme Court of the United States, of course. But let's talk about that because I think it's a it's it's first of all, I think the court is unbelievably wrong on many levels. But on the first level, he's never been charged or even found guilty of insurrection. Let's talk about that for a moment. Donald Trump, not on the ballot of Colorado, but perhaps other states. Yeah, well, the same Democratic Party who's doing that now, they are politicizing the judiciary for their own ends, invented this when they kept Abraham Lincoln, of course, off the ballot in Southern states. Yeah. Okay. The Democrat party is only doing something it did. It wanted to perpetuate (laughs) slavery and expand slavery into the Kansas, Nebraska act and things like that. And Lincoln opposed this. And so they wouldn't put Lincoln on the ballot, even in those states claiming states rights, we're not Can you imagine it. the Democrats are doing it again, 1860. Now, now the same party is doing the same thing again. <laughs> we know for a fact that Donald Trump told the people on January 6th to go home. He told them to go, the protesters, to go home. Secondly, he was never charged. He was never arraigned. He was never indicted. He was never convicted. Yet on that basis, they want to take away his right to be on the ballot even though he never did anything. In the aftermath of the Civil War, there was a move by the Republicans not to allow Democrats to be on the ballot if they had been secessionists. That's right. Where disloyalty to the United States. Where did Donald Trump ever support slavery or support secessionism? Never. Hmm. I watched this. I don't know if she was just a complete liar 
or a combination of a liar and a complete idiot. But this reporter from the New York Times um, saying it's plain as day. Trump shouldn't be on the ballot. It's plain as oh. she doesn't want to be a joke of a journalist. But what do you expect from the New York slimes? Um, I, I hate that paper. I used to read it every day. I wouldn't read that paper. I, it's good to wrap fish in it. That's about the only thing that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, you know, she knew nothing about history. She didn't take into account it was the Democrats who did this stuff. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. You know, and their quest, and she was black. She was black, and she didn't even know it. Seemingly, oh my goodness. Um, just, just. <laughs> so the, she's supporting the states that actually oh, did no, oppose her own race. Unbelievable yeah. stupidity and hypocrisy is just. Oh. You, you, anybody reads you, anybody reads the New York Times, you know, I mean, uh, they, they don't seem to have any personal integrity. You know, mm. I'd rather get a copy of Mad Magazine. You know, read it. Get we got Alfred e. Newman on it. You're better off reading that. If you, if you 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 get more honesty, and more honest comment, social commentary, albeit satirically, out of Mad Magazine and out of <laughs> Alfred e. Newman than you will out of the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost. Well, it's going to be an interesting year because I don't know. I mean, Maine, New Hampshire, Michigan, yep. California is doing all they can to try to get him off the ballot. Uh, Jacob, are they trying to trigger something? I mean, just like in 1860, yep. within four months after Lincoln won, we had a civil war. I'm not saying it's going to happen like that, but uh, are they trying to trigger this? Audrey Taylor Greene is saying that red states should do the same thing to Biden or whoever the Democrat nominee is. Don't <laughs> put them. Oh, if you're going to do it, we're going to do it. We're, and the wow. red states, we're not going to have you on the ballot. Wow. Well, I mean, the Democrat primaries. It doesn't matter what the, the what the people vote. It's the super delegates that that super determine. delegates. Yeah, exactly. Democrats exactly. throw away their primary vote. It means nothing. Nothing. It doesn't matter. There's nothing democratic about the Democratic Party. No. Nope. Mm. So, so Jay, what do you think? And we talked about civil war last week with all these movies, all these cyber attack, all these division. Now this is in real life. They're doing it. They're doing it in real life to try to create a race war, a civil war. What do you think? 2024 is going to be uh, you know, pretty interesting. Well, an amendment that was made for the, for the Civil War is being used to keep a candidate off the ballot in Colorado. Yeah. Um, on top of that, as you mentioned, the Republican Party was a very new party during the election for Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Now, yes. I, I just want to float this out there. Donald Trump is not a Republican. In mm. fact, he's a Republican as much as he's using it as a wave that's right he, he would he could break away from the republicans very easily and still probably win and the and let's face it the republican establishment uh especially under mitt romney's niece they don't mm. want to get behind him they don't want to support him they're doing all they can to voice nikki haley on us yeah Control. So if you, yeah, as far as the Republicans and Democrats, yeah, they're not a house divided. Now Trump and the MAGA, let's call it the MAGA populist party. Yes, they are a different animal that everyone's scared of. Hmm. That is going to be really interesting, and if obviously 
if if uh, you know when when Clint, when uh, Lincoln won, uh, he still won even though he wasn't on. I think it was yes. ten states that put him on the ballot. He still won. Then you had a civil war right after that. So uh, th that's my concern that they, they really want to get this done. They yeah. really want to create this you know race war, civil war. Um, you know perhaps you even. Marco, you're, you're exactly right, Marco. Remember when Trump won and beat Hillary Clinton? The next day they had those protests in Washington saying, yeah. not, my, not my president. Not my president, yeah. That's the same thing that happened with Lincoln. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It happened the next day. <laughs> same protests that were in Los Angeles where the, uh, it must have been a couple thousand people started to swarm on a freeway Ooh. after the election of Donald Trump. I was caught in that, and I, I oh, will you never were. forget it. Oh, 2016, yeah, 2017 would have been 2016. Yes. Yeah, they all entered and started to pelt the police with cans and rocks. Wow, wow, yeah, this is going to be you know pretty interesting. You know, the fact that a lot of the movies you talked about the movies last week. Yep. Uh, talked about the rhetoric. Talks about now, you know, I don't know what the other states are going to do, but you can find yourself in a situation like that when you know a balkanization, a balkanization of certain states not allowing. The Democratic one, not allowing the, the Republican one, and now you got the major, major problems. In fact, I think Robert Kennedy Jr. came out and said, you know, if you can't, if you can't put Trump on the ballot, and ho however the election goes, it's going to be un, uh, un uh, the the country is not going to be able to be governed. The country is not going to be able to be governed because you're going to have so many factions and balkanizations. It's yes. going to be a disaster. Yes, and uh, of course, just in time for this, so let, let's talk about this, Jacob. The uh, uh, the shipping container companies uh, halting services through the Red Sea transit, the Suez Canal. Last Friday, you know, the Houthi rebels, they seized the merchant ship in the Red Sea. Now they, they've been shooting at them, the drone attacks. Now five major companies, shipping companies, have halted any shipping through that area. Uh, these companies like are... 10, it's probably more like 10 or 12 now. Uh, it's probably more like... But the five, five top ones, Maersk, Capit, Lloyd, CMA, yeah. Costco, and MCS... Uh, MSC, sorry. And um, so let's talk about that for a moment, Jacob. What's the root of it? It's the Houthi rebels. And first What's of all, result? it's going to affect, it's going to affect <clears throat> Gulf oil going through the Suez Canal. Boy, that's a problem. Okay. Um, It's going to affect, it's basically going to close the Suez Canal. It's creating yeah. the situation you had after the Six Day War, up until the up until the Yom Kippur, War. I was going to ask you about that. What? How did that happen? I mean, how did it affect it then? The ships had to go all the way around the Horn of Africa, all Ooh. the way around Port Elizabeth, Cape Town, and up the Atlantic coast of Africa to Europe. This yeah. is going to affect China, particularly badly. It's going to affect Israel's trade with the Far East. Yes, unless unless Zim, the Israeli company, defies it and does it anyway. Um, and comes out of Eilat, but Eilat is not a big enough port like Haifa and Ashdod mm. to handle the volume of trade um, without the Suez Canal. Ironically, the country that will, the ones that will be affected least will be the USA and Canada, Latin mm. America. They'll be affected the least. But trade between Asia and Europe, or the Middle East oh. and Europe, it's Iran flexing its muscle. Even mm. though it's going to also hurt Iran to a degree, right? Because oil exports coming through through the Straits of Hormuz and around yeah, the Straits of Hormuz, yeah. But they're just flexing them up now. Who can we thank for this? We can thank <laughs> Joe Obama. He took 
the Houthis off the terrorist index. He removed them from the terrorist watch list. They were they were classified as a terrorist organization and to, to kneel down and lick the mud from the boots of Iran the way Obama did. Obama was really good at licking the boots and the camel muck from, 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 of, of the Iranians and, and Biden inherited the mantle. They took the Houthis off the terror list of classifications of terrorist organization. When you see a weakling, it emboldens them. It's like when Obama drew the red line about the use of biological or, or, or chemical weapons in Syria and then did nothing when Syria used the chemical weapons against its own people. They knew Obama was just a bluff that he was a weakling, that he was a coward, that he was no good, that he was an incompetent um, commander-in-chief. Don't forget, when he was elected president, he, after running against Bush and the Bush foreign and defense policies, who did he appoint as his secretary of defense? He appointed Bush's secretary yeah. of defense. He reappointed him. Gates, he reappointed him. Those are the guys who got bin Laden, the Republicans from the Bush administration. I didn't like Bush, but it was the Republicans from the Bush administration that were rehired by Barack Obama. They're <laughs> the ones who got Obama. I mean, who got bin Laden. Um, <laughs> how absurd. You run against Bush because of his, his, his foreign and defense policies, and then you reappoint his Secretary of Defense and nearly all of the counterterrorism officials in the Obama administration were the guys who had the same job in the in, in the Bush administration. That tells you a lot about Obama. That, well, that tells you he's a weak, he's an incompetent, he's a liar, he's a hypocrite, and he's a weakling. Hmm. But so you have those four characteristics that have been passed on to Biden, but Biden is senile on top of it. So he has a he brings a fifth he brings a fifth, a fifth element. <laughs> yeah. a fifth element to and, it. And, and, are the Iranians afraid? Of course not. Uh, Jacob, where do the Houthis get these weapons from? Iran. Where did Iran get the weapons from? Russia, China. Yeah. And where what what money? With what money? And they make it and they manufacture it thanks to Obama. Yeah. Where the money come from? <laughs> Obama wrote him a check. He unfroze those assets. This is and this the is Biden the incredible part. More. We're talking yeah. about hundreds of billions of dollars here. So, so you have a choke point there with uh, the Suez Canal, Strait of Hormuz. Now you have uh, the Malacan Strait being shut it's by the Malaysia. Southern entrance into the Red Sea. Yeah, and uh, it's very close. It's very close to Jeddah, mm. the, the main commercial city of Saudi Arabia, Mecca, close to Mecca. It's yeah. quite close to it. So Malaysia blocks Israel shipping line, the Zim, Zim Ship Company. They can't ship from, uh, now they can't dock. They can't even dock into the Malacan Strait. So, Jacob, are we going to war with Yemen and Iran? Is, is that what it looks like? At or some is Biden point, just playing? Daniel chapter 10, at some point, something's going to have to give with Iran. Remember the mm -hmm. Prince of Persia came and yeah. at some point, something's going to have to give with Iran. This is Iran. But Malaysia... Malaysia is another problem. I've been to Malaysia a number of times. Um, the Malacca Straits, I, I, I have to check the legal status. Um, 
does Malaysia control both sides at that narrow point where it's only 1.9 miles wide? Is it like the Dardanelles or the Straits of Bosporus in Turkey, where Turkey controls access into the Black Sea? Is it the same thing? Or yeah, that'd, be, that'd be good to know. Yeah, yeah I've got to find. I've got to find that out. Yeah, um, maybe somebody on the chat this, can tell us that. When the Straits of Aqaba were closed by Nasser yeah. in 1967. And they tried to cut off the Israeli port of Eilat, which is also a resort, but it was the port where Israel got its oil from Iran. The shore right. was still down. Okay. That is what precipitated the Six-Day War. Mm. Israel took it as an act of war. Right, right, exactly. You're cutting off our capacity to trade with the Far East um, and, and, and with Iran. Um, you're cutting off, and, and that's when Israel attacked they took it as an act of war hmm. and, and of course they, they decimated the egyptians and the syrians and the jordanians and humiliated the soviets in six days um and, and did so with with very little help from the united without any help from the united states initially they did it without any help from the united states initially um they got help in 1973 from the united states but not in the six-day war and they humiliated the soviet empire soviet union but they and humiliated the Muslim Arab world. What precipitated that? Closing the Straits of Aqaba. Now the Straits of Aqaba are very, very close <laughs> to where the Houthis are operating. Interesting. At the tip of the Arabian Peninsula, the Straits of Aqaba are north at the tip of the Sinai. You've got that thing there, um, near near where this where the Houthis are shooting. Yeah. 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 Wow. And it also mess up Neon. Oh yeah, the city, the city. Yeah, that, yeah, right. Yeah, that, yeah, so it would mess up Neon. Yes, Jacob, we're hearing reports that the Panama Canal is a mess because of the mass migration that's coming through Darien yes. Gap through Panama. There's problems there. There's problems in Hormuz. There's problems in the Malacan Strait. There's problems in this uh, the, the 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 Suez Canal. Imagine well, the a world. Suez... Sorry, Marco. Sorry to interrupt. The no Suez worries. Canal. Egypt's economy is not doing very well. General Assisi is doing the best he can, but a vital source of revenue and income for Egypt is the Suez Canal. If those ships are not going through the Suez Canal, the economic impact on Egypt is going to be stupendous. Devastating. So, yes. so there, that was my question. There are going to be countries who are going to be completely devastated yes. with choke points. Yes. On, the, on four critical ones, four critical ones of oil, grain, shipping. You know, I mean, the yes. whole world ships through there. Um, one of the one of the, uh, the 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 frustrations against Biden, and, and one of the critical things is that he has a lot of ships, naval ships there in those areas. I mean, I showed you the map of where they are, and the increasing frustration of the Pentagon is Biden just has them out there like sitting ducks. They're using yep. two million dollar missiles to fight off two thousand yep. dollar drones, and yet yep. they they're just sitting there. They're not doing anything. The Houthis are ignoring it. Iran's ignoring it. So why have them there? Yeah, well, you have a senile old bootlicker who licks the boots of the Iranians, who took the Houthis off the terror list, a little index of terrorist organizations recognized as such by the State Department. <laughs> This is what people, this is the stupidity of people who vote Democrat. Not that I'm a Republican, but this is the unbelievable stupidity of people who vote Democrat. 
They are stupid, stupid people. American naval deterrence, it's not it's it's failing. It's not even there. It's it's there, but it's not there. Now, you've got the resource to do it, but it's not going to be exercised in an effective way. What you'd have to do is tell Iran, you stop backing them or we're gonna hit Cog Island. Nothing's Ooh. gonna come through. we're gonna close the Straits of Hormuz. Now, part of the uh, part of the criticism against Biden is the fact that he doesn't want to upset Iran, looking down on a 2024 election year, and not wanting to have the global energy prices go up because of a, a scrimmage there. No, he wouldn't have a boot to lick, and without if he can't lick a boot, God knows what will happen to him. He, he wouldn't have any raison d'être. He wouldn't have any purpose in life. See, I mean, you have the Eisenhower strike group right there in the Gulf of Aden. And, uh, you know, conventional thinking, you'd be like, why are you having a carrier there without ever using it, except you're shooting down drones? You know, remember what Trump did to ISIS? Yeah. We're going to bomb them to smithereens. You overwhelmed them. Do the same thing to the Houthis. You carpet bomb, carpet bomb Sanya and say, look, we don't care. You stop this and you put naval blockade on the Straits of Hormuz. And you tell Iran you're not you're not trading with anybody. Yeah, supposedly um, they had a they have this thing called the prosperity, uh, the prosperity strait or the prosperity uh, away to to assure that these ships are not going to go through uh, are not going to be hit. Oh, uh, but no one's buying it here in London at, at Lloyd's of London. Yeah, the insurance rates can fluctuate daily by huge amounts of money. It becomes cheaper to go all the way around the Horn of Africa, add two <laughs> weeks to travel time to get to, to reach the ports of Europe and the Mediterranean, mm. rather than pay those kinds of premiums. Yeah. So American ships are being attacked, nothing's being done, and, and yet no insurance on these ships going through the, to, through, uh, uh, you know, th going through the Suez Canal. So they have to go all the way around, pay a higher price. Everything's gonna go through the roof. Well, What's after, after Carter failed to get Obama when the Sudanese offered it, offered him to us, hmm. that allowed September 11th to happen. What happened to that very area to the USS Cole? Hmm. What happened? They've already nearly yeah. sunk the USS Cole. They nearly sunk that ship. With yeah. a speedboat. Yeah. yeah. With a speedboat. That's right. That's by, right. By the way, what is the number one mandate of the U.S. Navy? It's to maintain the freedom of navigation. That's right. And they're not being allowed to do their basic job. Mm. Both in, I mean, we can talk about Malacca, we can talk about uh, the Red Sea. We have task forces there and that's what they're supposed to be doing, maintaining the right of yep. navigation. Of It's an international law. Yeah, it's international, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, here it is, Operation Prosperity Guardian. There it is, Operation Prosperity Guardian, which we're supposed to guard these freight companies along the way, large containers, uh, ship all over the world, and and yet the Houthis are ignoring it, Iranians are ignoring it, ships are still getting attacked, so they're going around because it doesn't matter if you have the U.S. Navy there. There's no deterrence anymore. No. What a world. This tells you a lot because if they're going after Israel, a lot of these things, they've said this is because Israel's in, in Gaza scrimmage, because Israel's attacking Gaza. So the Houthis are attacking it. Malaysia's closing down the Malacca Strait. So it's really a, an operation against Israel. Yes. Now, Jacob, the uh, uh, they offered a new deal to Hamas. I don't know if they're going to accept it, but the, 
the president was there uh, talking about it, you know, Herzog, and uh, releasing the hostages. I think there's 128 still there. Uh, eight Americans are still there. Uh, the director, the CIA director, Bill Burns, is handling this. I, I don't have any confidence in it, but uh, let me know what you know about this, Jacob. Is there going to be another humanitarian ceasefire, at least to a certain degree or another? They broke the last one. Yeah. The State Department admits they broke the last one. When they're holding hostages, you're willing to make concessions. The Israelis were willing to give three to one, ten to one. We'll give you ten Hamas prisoners if you let, let one. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. This is what they always do. Okay? That's what they took the hostages. What should have been done immediately is we will not allow a drop of water, not a scrap of food. Nothing to go into Gaza unless the hostages are released. Stop starving your own people. Stop killing your own people. We want this aid to get to your people. Now release the hostages so your people won't starve. That is the policy Israel should have taken. That is the policy the Americans should have backed. But again, when you got the senile bootlicker in the Oval Office, good luck. <laughs> now, Jacob, today the uh, Israeli-Lebanon border heating up again. Uh, very hard, very armed, uh, very heavy armed clashes are now taking place uh, with Hezbollah in ex uh, fire exchange, machine guns, and all that. Uh, these scrimmages are taking place for weeks now, but now it's intensifying. Uh, are we going to see Hezbollah be activated now? What could happen if Netanyahu's hand remains strong? Once Hamas is eliminated or close to it, you'll have another litany, litany operation with the Litany Rivers in southern Lebanon, hmm. where the Israelis will then go after Hezbollah next. Wow. That is fathomable. Wow. In fact, that's what they should do. But again, with the White House, this White House, remember, as much as he's disappointed me since leaving the Oval Office, if Donald Trump had been president, this wouldn't have happened. The Ukraine war wouldn't have happened. The collapse of Afghanistan wouldn't have happened. And the Gaza war wouldn't have happened. If Trump had been president, none of this would have even happened. Hmm. But there are people with subhuman intelligence, known as Democrats, who are too stupid to realize and face the obvious. Wow. Jacob, we did watch that Douglas Murray debate with that uh, uh, the young Turk guy, uh, Uyghur guy, yeah, right? I call him the young jerk. <laughs> pretty, pretty insightful. He sounded just like you. A lot of the same points you've made about what I wrote on the blog is exactly what he said in the interview. I didn't know it until I saw his interview with Pierce Morgan. He said the same main points I said in response <laughs> to the young Turk. You know, Douglas Murray, he's, you know, obviously he's a, he's a journalist. He's on, he's on site. He's one of those on-site journalists. He's been yes. there in the war. He, he, he actually films and writes about stuff yes. he sees. And he said, he said it correctly, you know, like this could have been over if Hamas would have done, you know, exactly would have been done to Hamas, what, the, what, the, what they should have been done to Hamas, which is take him yes. out of the power. But now there's two state solution. They want Hamas to be victimized. And, of course, who's who's causing all the death in Gaza? It's Hamas. Of course. But but, but there's another culprit. It's it's again the subhuman idiocracy who supports Hamas and who talks about this rubbish like the young Turks. Hmm. 
They empower Hamas. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't talk about what they're doing to the Uyghurs. No, I mean, the descent ethnically is obviously of, of some kind of anthropological. Yeah. He's ethnically kindred to the Uyghurs. Look at his That's surname. It. The yeah. Uyghurs, don't, yeah, we're, we're Turkic. We're actually a Turkic people. Correct. Um, and he's a Turk. Um, over a million of them in concentration camps, and he says nothing. Nothing. He, Only if Israel does he it. He said nothing. That that Cirque said nothing. Yeah. Nearly a half a million, nearly a half a million Arab Muslims killed by Assad in Syria. He said nothing. The Houthis killed a quarter of a million people in Yemen. Yeah. Quarter yeah. of a million. He said nothing. He's a or, hypocrite. He's an idiot, and he's a liar. Yeah, if, you know what happened in Afghanistan, what happened in Pakistan. Nothing. Nothing said about at all. But only if the Jews do it. Only yeah, if the Jews, the do, Jews it. do it. And the hatred of Trump. Ignoring the fact that if Trump had been reelected, none of these things would have happened. Not yeah. the Ukraine, not Gaza, not Afghanistan. And China would not be saber-rattling against Taiwan if Trump had been reelected. Jacob, why do you think the UN Security Council did not condemn Hamas, did not ask for extradite, uh, extradite the uh, from Qatar, the, the Hamas leadership, or take those into criminal court in The Hague and demand that the that the that the, the, the prisoner, uh, not the prisoner of war, the people that were kidnapped, be returned back immediately? Why didn't they do that? Because people think the the UN is the United Nations. The UN is the United Nothing, an organization that on its Human Rights Commission has dictatorships that violate human rights. Mm. On its disarmament commission, has nations that fund terror, terrorist states. It's it's so ridiculous and hypocritical and nonsense. It has no purpose. It has become a useless vehicle. Yeah, now they're into the climate change, now into the social justice now. now and of course, they condemn the Jews for attacking Gaza. They condemned the Jews for attacking Gaza, but they, they wouldn't lift the finger to, to deal with what happened. I mean, I blame them for the fact that children in Gaza have been killed because they did nothing to protect them. The UNRYA, who Trump defunded, and yeah. Biden has refunded. Yeah, you're right. When you give money to that UN organization, you may as well write a check to Hamas. Or China, I guess it doesn't really matter where it goes. Uh, Jacob, real quick, on uh, just touching back on what would happen with those choke points in the supply chain, because well, I didn't I mean, want to talk RYA, about... There's a special UN organization that only deals with Palestinians. Yeah, yeah you're right. United Nations... Right, uh, it's, it's called UNRWA or something like that. Yeah, yeah, UNRWA, UNRWA, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Trump defunded them, Biden refunded them. Yeah, well, you're, writing, you're, you're writing checks to Hamas. Yeah, he's a gift that keeps on giving. By the way, so <laughs> we keep talking about this. <laughs> Biden just keeps uh, digging deeper and deeper. Anyway, it just just real quick on the debt and some of the, the supply chain problems that are going to happen. Uh, the the world's sitting on a powder keg of debt, and the Federal Reserve just recently just said we're not going to raise interest rates because we think got inflation. We got inflation down, but it's really about the debt. Thirty three trillion plus all these other unfunded things, and, and the United States is in trouble, plus other countries are in trouble. China, we don't even know. Uh, have you seen the fact that now in America, you can actually take loans on product that you, normal products that you would buy? Staples. It's staple items, toilet paper, things like that. You could actually take loans because people don't have money to buy it. People are taking out loans to buy 
the daily food commodities they need, bread, milk, things like that, coffee, yeah. they're taking out loans to, to buy paper products. They're taking out loans to buy the basic things they need. I'm not now. Who, who's getting affected? Poor people. Particularly the poor. Yeah. Who, who gets affected? Blacks, Hispanics, yeah. not all Hispanics, minorities who voted Democrat are mm. reaping the fruit of their own stupidity. They were manipulated by the women of the view, by 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 Joy Reid, by by Al Sharpton. <laughs> they were manipulated to vote Democrat, and now they're paying for what they voted for. Yeah, this is a con game. Buy now, pay later. It's called BNPL. Officially, it's terrible, but it's like particularly. It's look. It's even affecting the middle class. The lower middle class is being affected. Yes. But the minorities the, and the food stamps crowd and all the. Yeah, can you be? They have so much credit card debt. They depleted their savings. Now you go to Walmart and you have to take a buy now, pay later type loan to actually buy consumer consumer goods. Just and, consumer and what is the APR? What is the APR? Oh, you don't want to. It's like thirty six percent. It is. A, and who gets hit with that? Yeah, the poor, the people that the are poor who voted Democrat. Yeah, it, it, but somehow they'll blame the rich or something like that. I don't yeah, know. They'll, they'll blame somebody. Yeah, and uh, this these are gaining momentum. By the way, Amazon just adopted it, and Google Pay's adopted it. So you're going to see a lot of these things online shopping as well as you continue the consumerism with no money, with incredible amount of debt, and adding more debt to it. So. Uh, Russia's and China no longer want to use the dollar, so the economy keeps in, in a very difficult, difficult time. Obviously, with G7, the G7 nations, but BRICS keep adding. Uh, they're going to add Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE. It's a, two competing forces now. G7, you know, BRICS, India. They're all low-growth economies Correct. that have their own problems. South Africa, if it didn't have gold, the rand would be worthless. The Russian ruble, it's a hundred to the dollar. The yuan, nobody wants it. So they try to form a basket of currencies that nobody yeah. wants. The yeah. only reason the dollar remains the currency reserves is because the others are worse shape. Are worse, yeah. I mean, look at Canada. Canada, as wealthy in, in, in resources that it has, has so many people on 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 uh, food banks going to food banks and. It, it, just because Trudeau doesn't want to open up the trading, doesn't want to open up more oil, doesn't want to energy independent, and they can't do it. So, uh, well, what the Democrats did to San Francisco and LA, most conspicuously San Francisco, with the people homeless in the tents on the street, Vancouver is the same. It looks yeah. the last time, and I, I've been going to Vancouver since I was a kid. I used to go there and I was a hippie and everything. It's not the same place. Yikes. You, you can't believe this is Vancouver, what Trudeau did to it. Yeah. It, it, and people can't afford it. Remember watching those videos of those young kids who are just crying because they work, but they can't afford food, they can't afford rent. It, they've hit a crescendo because they can't afford it. It's so expensive there. Uh, and, and, and you're right. I, I just got this text. Uh, I think this is from, oh, yeah. The, the UBI, uh, Universal Basic Income, coming to the rescue. Yep. Universal Basic Income coming to the rescue. Uh, Jacob, let's talk about this final thing before we get into uh, uh, 
backstage and you don't want to miss backstage by the way so if you're watching thank you for watching uh we've been on catching up for a little bit more than an hour now uh yeah a little more than an hour and uh we're going to be hitting backstage we're going to talk about the catholic church and the pope and what he's doing to bless gay marriage and that's going to be an interesting topic so we're going to leave it for backstage don't want to miss what Jacob has to say about that because uh, Jacob's not only Catholic Church, but the Church of England. So we'll, we'll talk yep. about that in a moment. Uh, Jacob, let's talk about something that is really interesting and it's it's gaining a lot of momentum in the, in, 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 I guess, in society and social interactions with people and in conversation is this idea of interdimensional spiritual forces. Yes. And you watch a video from Tucker Carlson talking about these are not aliens. And there's a lot of people who are now realizing that what the government said for many years are not really ufos aliens and stuff like that et they're actually what they're calling it now interdimensional spiritual yes. forces and he came out and said look he grew up in episcopalian uh he, he he by definition he 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 divided from the episcopalian church he doesn't agree with them and he's reading his bibles what he said he's reading his bible and he's trying to figure out what these things are and he said these are spiritual forces these are angels and demons going yes. at each other we're in the middle of this war now he's describing very much ephesians 6 daniel 10 things like that yes. but jacob there's a lot of confusion with the, even conservative christians about the, yes. the spiritual realm of dementia yes. so i wanted to talk to you about it in terms of bringing some clarity what is the spiritual yep. dimension angel demons god the devil yeah. humanity in the middle and uh what do we do to, to convince Let's people begin with christians yeah let's talk about that said a lot of true things he brought a lot of confusion this is the late Michael Heiser. Um, late Michael Heiser. These things, as you point out, from the book of Daniel, and although it is not canonical, it is biblically important history and literature, the book of Enoch. I wish more Christians were familiar with the book of Daniel and also with the apocryphal first and second Enoch, not as a basis of doctrine, but as a basis of history and literature to understand Daniel and Revelation better. Um, it's interesting that Tucker Carlson and, and and people who are not from a biblically-based background, per se, yeah. are beginning to see these things that the book of Daniel talks about. Um, I would point out, and again, I'm, we're not blowing our own horn here, 30 years ago, and it's available on our website, but 30, you'll see me, I'm a bit thinner and a, a bit more... <laughs> <laughs> But still good looking, Jacob. Oh, I, wasn't, I, yeah, I, was, I wasn't as good looking then as I am now, but uh, you'll see just as it was in the days of Noah. Just as it was. All of this stuff, Genesis chapter 6, Jesus was emphatic. What happened with Noah will happen again, the Nephilim. Now, I know there's all these conspiracy theorists and people saying crazy things, but I warned what was going to happen with biogenetic engineering and I warned what was going to happen with extraterrestrial phenomena. And I said, these are demonic. I've known since the 1970s, I've known Antichrist was going to use extraterrestrial phenomena to deceive people. I've known that since the 70s, and I was not the only one. Bill Brem said that. My friend, the Christian author John Weldon, who's now with the Lord, wrote a book about it. I was not the only one who said it. But back in the 90s, we did the teaching just as it was in the days of Noah. Genesis 6, what Jude talks about, they leave their rightful abode, go read it. We, go watch it. Go on the Morio website and find just as it was in the days of Noah. We said this 30 years ago. What we're saying now, what, what Tucker Carlson is saying now, 
is something we said 30 years ago. And we probably weren't the first ones. <laughs> now, Jacob, when, when you hear people talk like that, I mean, how does it grab you? I mean, we saw it coming 30 years ago. What we said was going to happen is happening. It, it, it confirms that, that what the Lord, what we believe the Lord showed us, he showed us. It's, it's happened the way we said it was going to happen. Um, of course, AI was not known then. At least I didn't know what it was, or I only heard about it. It was in its infancy. It was embryonic then. But I heard about, I first heard about AI in Singapore. But uh, that was a long time ago, but it was not like it is now. Um, but I certainly knew about the biogenetic engineering, and I knew about the UFOs. And and I put that together with the Nephilim. Now, I'm not talking about all these crazy conspiracy theories about Nephilim and all that. I'm just saying what it says in Genesis 6 that there would be demonoids on the earth. Right. Back in the 1980s, the late mid to late 80s, I said there was going to be incarnation of demonoids. Um, and, it, and it would be facilitated by biogenetic engineering. Um, I put this together with extraterrestrial phenomena. Voila, there you have it. Look, we saw it coming. We, I didn't know what form it was going to take, but I knew it was coming. And now it's come. It's almost unbelievable. It wouldn't seem like science fiction <laughs> for someone on television like Tucker Carlson of his stature addressing these things. When I talked about it, some Christians got it, but it sounded like science fiction to non-Christians. Yeah, yeah, people didn't want to talk about it. They were scared of it or it sounded weird. I, I knew Christians who were afraid, afraid of it. Um, Remember some girl crying when I talked about it wow. in New Jersey. Um, but I said it was coming, and she freaked out, and she was crying. We also talked about the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, the way the Holy Spirit prepares the church for the coming of Christ, the spirit of Antichrist working through the zeitgeist is preparing the world for the coming of Antichrist. And I said, although it began as science fiction and entertainment, with Buck Rogers and then Superman, then a savior from another planet with superhuman power, going to save us from ourselves. And then, you know, E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the Spielberg movies, and, you know, David Bowie recordings, Space Oddity and Ziggy Stardust and the Spider Samoa. <laughs> These things were only pop culture and entertainment, but they affect the zeitgeist, the spirit yeah. of the age. And Satan uses these things that are innocuous in themselves, but Satan uses these things to affect the spirit of the age and predispose people to, to the deceptions that are coming. And now you've got NASA and the Pentagon saying these oh. things. Well, according to what the whistleblowers are saying is that the government has been working with these spiritual inter interdimensional spiritual beings and they're getting directions from them. They're, they're conspiring with them. They're working on on what to do next. I mean, this is wild stuff. I mean, it, it almost sounds bizarre to even say that. But this is what has come out recently, that these are not UFOs. They're spiritual dimensional beings working with our government for, for what? For good? I mean, some people are going to say, well, these are spiritual entities that are good. Maybe some bad ones. But overall, they may be benign. You know... That's what people said when they tried to make a distinction between white magic and black magic. Mm -hmm. 
white magic is black magic in, in, in masquerade, you know, in disguise. White magic is simply black magic in disguise. Um, it's a cult. It's like any other occult practice. Only now you are having a facilitation of occult practices with technology. Mm. Again, go back to listen to the recording just as it was in the days of Noah. We yeah. explained 30 years ago that with the Enlightenment, there was a separation between science and the occult. Healing arts and folk medicine went one way. Medicine and pharmacology went the other way. Astronomy went one way. Astrology went the other way. With alchemy, chemics, chemistry and physics went one way. Magic went the other way. Now you have a rapprochement between science and the occult. And 30 years ago, I said, you're going to see this in particle physics, biogenetic engineering, holistic medicine, and laser holography. I said, watch those four fields. Watch laser holography, watch particle physics, watch biogenetic engineering, and watch holistic medicine. Go listen to just as it was in the days of Noah 30 years ago. Everything we said has happened. That doesn't make me a prophet. I didn't get a prophecy. I simply looked at what Jesus said, just as it was in the days of Noah. And I looked at the evolution of what was happening technologically with what was happening culturally in the zeitgeist and put the two together, and it became very clear. The scripture foretold these things. I didn't get some prophetic vision or revelation. I simply studied the scripture and looked at the world from a scriptural, through the prism of scripture. I looked at what the way things were evolving through the prism of scripture and prophecy, and I, I saw it. And I, I don't claim to be the only one. I don't claim to be a prophet. But please go back and listen just as it was in the days of Noah. All of this stuff we said was coming 30 years ago, and it's unfolding. Um, what seemed like science fiction then is just science now. Mm. Jay, what do you think about all this? This is this is uh, hitting our generation, millennial generation, the Z generation, and uh, a lot of them get into it. Then they believe it. Even the conservative side of we would say that are not as you know, said they're not new agers. Let's say they're not new agers, but they would believe some of this stuff. They would say, well, there's a spiritual entity. We just have to channel the right one. New age is big on this. Called the, it's called the third dimensional spiritual energy. I think it's called, and uh, and yet they related to this stuff and. I think it's very dangerous for people to get into it without really knowing. That's why I wanted Jacob to talk about it. Talk about it with us here. What do you think? So Jacob mentioned the zeitgeist. And since Roswell in the 1950s, the zeitgeist has always been uh, with Gene Roddenberry, with, with George Lucas. <laughs> there are extraterrestrials out there that evolved, that are fleshly bodies, evolved on different planets and different galaxies that are so technologically advanced they come to visit us. That has been the narrative of, the, let's call it, the science fiction slash scientific community. Now I'm gonna give you the spiritual community and what they said, and it's in Ephesians six twelve. For we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the power of the dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's what Paul said. That's what Tucker Carlson just said. He said that they're extra dimensional beings. What's an extra dimensional being? It's a being that comes 
from a different plane of existence where perhaps there's angels, demons, different entities. If you go back to uh, John D, who was like one of Queen Elizabeth's favorite guys, he was a spiritualist. He was summoning creatures to learn supposedly the angelic languages. And if you read the story that he wrote about that process, it started out that this creature was very benevolent, wanted to share all this wonderful scientific insight. And increasingly, after days and days with his assistant, it became darker and asked for sacrifices and blood. Whoa. And got murderous. Uh, the same thing you look at, you look at a picture of the spiritualist uh, Aleister Crowley. Yes. There is no difference between Aleister Crowley's depiction of the spirit he was communing with from a gray alien. Yep. Absolutely no difference. If you look at uh, what people like David Icke like to talk about, the Anawaki, the, the gods oh, yeah. coming down. Yep. What did those pagan gods demand in, in the Aztec societies? What did they yep. want yep. in the Babylonian society? Mayans. Mayans. Yeah. What did what what did what did he want? They wanted blood, yep. they wanted sacrifice, they wanted death. They demanded it. All the pagan yep. nations are are demonic. That uh, yep. Jacob has said that many times. Spiritual beings from another plane that have power, that give power especially to people who rule and serve them. Yep. But you see, in the zeitgeist, the way the zeitgeist affects the culture, you take what seems to be an innocuous movie, like Little Shop of Horrors. You ever see that movie, The Little Shop yeah. of Horrors? It's the same theme. It's the same thing. Yep. It seems to be benevolent, and it's cute and all that, and then it evolves into this month. It's the same. It's affecting people the same way. What is important is the connection between science and technology and the occult that's happening. I said this again, I've been saying it for 30 years and it's becoming more so. What is going to happen when a Hindu who believes in reincarnation can clone the DNA of the dead grandmother and say, that's my grandmother? Where's the spirit come from? That's her DNA, it looks like her, it must be her. No, it's not her, okay? This will become a reality. People will seek to use biogenetic engineering and cloning, human cloning human tissue. It's not there yet. They've done it with sheep and things like this, but it's coming. What is going to happen? Um, there's not a coincidence that you see particle physicists, people who are really ex experts in quantum physics. Um, who's that Japanese American, uh, Chinese cow, 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 ku? Michio Kaku? Yeah, yeah, Kaku. That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he believes in 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 super string theory. Yes, and 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 multiverse. Yes, dimensional, co something that simultaneously coexists with with our with our dimensions. Yeah, they have super strings and multiverse theory. Um, these things are being seriously debated Big by subject. some of the most serious quantum physicists in the world. Yeah, big subject. Absolutely. Yeah, big subject. It's multiverse, extra dimensional. This is quite serious. You know, it began with Schrodinger, the Schrodinger equation, that there seems to be a bilocation. 
that something is only stationary when you measure it. (laughs) (laughs) This was Schrodinger's dead cat. The cat's dead and the cat's alive at the same time. These things would seem like occult superstition. Serious physicists are are debating Schrodinger. They always have. But that's the direction that particle physics and quantum physics are going. That's the direction that biogenetic engineering is going. This very week, Elon Musk said, we can overcome the problem of death. Well, they're going to think they can overcome the problem of death by cloning the DNA. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. David, you got... Don't worry, you'll be back in a week. You'll be a baby. You know? Let me show you... Here's the crib we have for you, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll inject back the consciousness of that person. David, you got any interesting comments there? Yeah, I do have one comment I'd, I want to read um, from someone in the chat. Uh, just firstly, too, though, I just want to mention, too, like back in the 80s, too, Jacob talked about the pop culture um, influencing thought. Back in the 80s, we did see start to see um, movies and TV shows, entertainment portray the relationship between you know, human beings and, uh, uh, you know, alien entities in sexual relationships in a positive way. That Mork probably. Mindy. Oh, oh Mork and Mindy. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was thinking of um, Starman. Like, like Little Shop of Horrors. It seems, yep. it seems harmless. It seems entertaining. Yeah. But, but, you know, but there's something in the back of it. Yep. So they do build acceptance. Yeah, the original V series was another one too. But um, yeah, someone wrote in the comments, I'm seeing many Christians heading straight into worldly spiritualism rather than a relationship with Jesus and learning their Bibles. They're lazy. They just want to feel good. And this person's so right because what, what we're seeing, we are seeing the occult and all this sort of stuff creeping into the church. Um, especially with groups like Bethel, and there's been those um, ones where now they even like have, um, I even hate saying this, but I have seen, and this is like 10 years ago, I I remember seeing video um, at a church where these people were having basically sexual encounters with a spiritual entity that they were calling Jesus. So this kind of thing is getting into the churches too. But as a word of encouragement, look, we are seeing the demonic manifest more in our society all around us too. But one thing, um, and it's not just me, I've spoken to a number of believers and a a number of us are seeing the same thing at the moment. We're having our prayer answered in rather amazing and astonishing ways. Uh, I, I, I actually I want to thank uh, Sarah Leslie and the women at her Bible study who kept us in prayer throughout the fellowship tour. I I know your prayers really affected things, and uh, look, your prayers were such a blessing. Uh, the people from Devore, the fellowship at Devore, for praying for us during the fellowship tour, and even myself recently when I got in a situation at work where it was kind of like I just got in a situation. And I kind of thought, oh boy, this is you know really bad um marco and uh, a couple of other believers for the church phoned me prayed for me and within an hour basically we had answer to prayer i was so stunned at the answer to the prayer that i was speechless and i was stunned for days it's just kind of like a number of us are having our prayers answered in rather 
amazing and incredible ways. So look, don't ever forget, uh, I think it was Jay who mentioned Ephesians 6 earlier. Our heavy, heavy artillery is prayer. It's kind of like we don't need to do the, you know, like all the NAR stuff, how they do the spiritual war, warfare. We just need to pray, seek the Lord and pray for one another. Um, we are, while we may be seeing a rise in the demonic and stuff like that, we're seeing God work in ways that have just been, I'm not the only one blown away, by the way, God's answered prayers in recent weeks. And, um, you know, <laughs> we pray and then we're surprised when God answers, but I think it was the speed at which he answered. It's just kind of like, you know, you pray and sometimes you think it's going to be weeks, months, we're going to have to go through. And sometimes we do. Sometimes we need to persevere in prayer, but just, I've been astonished, just a quick answer by prayer lately. So my encouragement is pray, pray, pray. Yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it, it's a huge issue. It's, it's, uh, we won't be able to tackle it all here in one section, but it is important. But I think I think what's really interesting, I, I started thinking about a couple of things. One, you guys remember Alice Bailey? Alice Bailey with her Neo-Theosophical Society and all that stuff that she made up and all the books about solar systems and spirituality and meditation and healing. And, and she had that, uh, she had that uh, uh, wisdom master, the master of wisdom. They call her D.K., yeah. she was basically channeling all this information yep. and she basically very much related to madame Blavatsky and all the stuff that but she wrote same thing. Same yeah thing they were these ageless wisdoms these these entities that would come to them and and, and yep. give them information about what will happen uh all this stuff is not new but jacob do you believe that as daniel said the knowledge will increase not only are we finding more things about scripture and how it relates to us as, as the as the age, end of the age gets closer and we can see Daniel a little bit better and Revelation a little bit better. But also these things are becoming very clear to people. You know, that there's the, the, the a spiritual war, there's a spiritual warfare, there's a spiritual battle, good and yeah. evil. But they're misunderstanding it and Christians know the truth. Okay, let, let me explain it the best I can understand it um, or the best I can explain it. Knowledge will increase. There's two ways to look at that and they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. One is the total volume of human knowledge more right. than doubles every five yeah. years. Correct. Particularly in certain fields of science, okay? Okay, there's that, there's the intellectual. Second is, as you point out, knowledge and understanding of the scripture, okay? Um, for faithful believers will increase. That is true, okay? Um, and you can even see it. I remember pulling my hair out to try to learn Greek and Hebrew and stuff like that. And there's software programs, there's lexical commentaries online that that people can, okay, it's always best if you know the, can read the original languages, there's always going to be an advantage. But you can get 85%, I'd say, if you took the time to study it, you can get 85% of the meaning of somebody who knows Greek and Hebrew if you take the time to use the software programs that are available now, the Bible aids and the spectral commentaries, with, with not only knowing a minimum of Greek and Hebrew, you can know 85% of what a scholar knows. At least, you know what I'm saying? Knowledge increases. However, Daniel tells us something. Knowledge increases, understanding decreases. The knowledge will increase. Yeah, the understanding of what it means will decrease. 
none of the wicked will understand. Knowledge will increase. Understanding will decrease. Yeah. Understanding will only increase for the faithful believers. Yeah, with wisdom. They'll know this stuff. Tucker Carlson will know this stuff. Spiritual entities, they'll know this stuff, but they will not understand unless yeah. they get saved. That's right. Absolutely. None of the wicked would understand, but the, the wise will understand. That's right. The wise will understand. A distinction between knowledge and understanding. Yeah. Okay. Jacob, can, can we use this as, as a witnessing tool to people, people that are aware of this? Can we use it as a way of showing them, look, you have an understanding of it, but here's the reality of it. This is what it means. Or, oh, the gospel of the kingdom. Use end time prophecy to present the gospel to unsaved people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Alice Bailey talked about the age of Aquarius is coming, this new age of enlightenment and all that. But the Bible speaks of the coming of Jesus. You know, it's, it's we have to tell people the reality of what's coming, not the falseness that they're going to eventually, unfortunately, many of them will believe. Yes. Well, you know what? You have Alice Bailey and you have Elena Blavatsky. Yeah. Okay. You have had mystics in the church, like Doreen Virtue. Yeah. What about Maybe that Jesus calling book? came to earth and appeared to her, promoted by Chris Roseborough. He has her on a radio show five times. And then and then when they, she, she wrote four books, and then when she finally admitted it was demonic, and he said it was demonic, she published the fifth book about it after admitting it was demonic, and he's got her on his radio show. Roseborough promoted this woman. Um, and she'd been a New Age witch of some kind. And now she's saying that a Jesus appeared there, but the Jesus that appeared there was never crucified. And Christians accepted this woman. Roseborough's people promoted. You've got Blavatsky's in the church. You've got Alice Bailey's in the church. Some of the stuff that's come out of the mouth of Cindy Jacobs, <laughs> she may as well change her name to Blavatsky. <laughs> what about the Jesus Calling books? I, I believe oh, she's God. had she yes, was yeah, that's another them. one. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, it, it's 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 there. It's it's complete. It's complete spiritualism. She died uh, about a year ago. Her name. I forget. I forget her name. I forget her name. Somebody can look it up and see it. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right, Jacob. We can we can talk about this for years, and and it's it's fascinating because we really need to know the truth. I do recommend people to read, actually uh, uh, to, to to listen to Jacob's teaching on Matthew 24, the, the, the as in the days of Noah. Uh, of course, the spiritual warfare that you have in Ephesians 6. Uh, I think of another book or another uh, title to one of your messages called Demonology. Demonology yes. and origins of demonic spirits and things like that. Those are really important for people to want to know this stuff because it's it's relevant to us today. That You talk about the zeitgeist. These are what people are especially in some circles this is what they know this is what they think about this is what they're expecting and and i think it's a great opportunity for christians to show the reality of what the scripture says what reality of angels demons and humans uh and and who yeah. god is god doesn't have a you know it's not like star wars a dark force and, and the good force and the light and they the battle no god's delight he's gonna win he's gonna win yes. the, the scriptures are clear and it's 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 not a battle of good and evil in a sense of equal forces but it's a battle of good and evil in terms of people's souls and salvation and ultimately Jesus, which is the gospel. Yeah. And uh, I, I think there's a fascinating stuff. Any, also any, uh, to remember yeah. that 
these principalities, these demonic powers, are satanic counterfeits of the angelic. When Jesus came the first time, Michael and Gabriel played an important role. In fact, the current this week's uh, um, word for the weekend on RTN, which is also on Moriel, Mike and Gabe. I talk about Michael and Gabriel from the book yeah. of Daniel and how they come into play in the New Testament. These principalities are the counterfeits of the angels of the Lord. That's right. You see in the book of Daniel and in the book of Revelation. Big time. The angels played a role in his first coming. Yeah. But angels are going to play a role in his second coming. Huge. So Huge. Be very careful because the Colossians don't take a stand on the vision of angels. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, you do see the angelic coming into play in the book of Revelation. Yeah. They're not giving doctrine. They're simply explaining or helping to understand things. Yeah. This is the difference between the Jibreel of Islam, Gabriel, who they claim, got, the Muslims claim Muhammad got the Quran from Gabriel. Well, that's not how Gabriel functioned in the book of Daniel or in the or in the or in the nativity narratives in the Gospels. They, 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 again, the Jibreel of Islam is a satanic counterfeit of the Gabriel of Daniel and of the and of the uh, Annunciation of Mary. One way to understand the demonic is to understand their fallen angels. The same as you understand Antichrist because he's counterfeiting Christ. If you look at the real, you can see the counterfeit easily. Well, if you look at the what the Bible says about the legitimately angelic, you see these principalities for what they are. The same as God is, has angels, Michael, fighting over Israel and things like Satan has the equivalent. He has these principalities. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and in the last days, these things are going to become very evident. Very That's evident. Right. Compare Christ with Antichrist. You'll see it's a counterfeit. Yeah. You compare the angels of the Lord with these principalities. You see it's a satanic counterfeit. Yeah. And, and you know, the world's becoming... Not more atheistic, not more agnostic. It's becoming more spiritual. And this is where it's going to end up at the, at the feet of Antichrist, because as the world continues to do this, I mean, you've got the, one of the most outspoken atheists, Richard Dawkins, who actually believes that because he can't answer certain things about creation and about yeah. intelligent right. design, he actually believes aliens came down and yeah. actually, uh, uh, you know, developed DNA here and left us to... That's uh, right. They see yeah. that they're right with DNA, but he wasn't yeah. the to get that. You know, Watson and Crick fooled around with that before he did. Incredible. So it, it, it even atheism has yep. this idea of spiritualism in there. So much to say, much to say. Oh, Sarah Young, Jacob, that's Sarah Young. That was the, the lady that that's just Sarah Young. Color. Sarah Young. So uh, absolutely. Doreen Virtue and Cindy Drake, they're dangerous women. Mm. Yeah. And then there's warlocks and uh, witches in the church, too. So, uh, <laughs> you know, seances and all that. It's 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 mainstream and it's become yeah. mainstream for oh, sure. That was, that was Nancy Reagan bringing gene dixon into the white house and things like that yeah man what what a world uh oh she did die she did die in august uh this year so sarah young died in august this year so i, I did not know that so they're very good all right well we're going to close out catching up right now we're going to jump into backstage in just a few minutes uh fascinating stuff good stuff hopefully people can get uh got a lot out of that uh discussion there we're going to jump into another subject the catholic church and the blessing of gay marriage Find us out on Catching Up and Backstage.
All right. Welcome back to Backstage. And like we do every single time we have Backstage, we do it because, uh, well, our tech overlords don't want us to talk about these things. The second reason we go to Backstage is because we can ask questions to Jacob and he can be free to answer these questions. And uh, we also discuss subjects that uh, are, are too hot to handle for YouTube and things like that. So we can speak freely in our own platforms and our platforms that are friendly to believers and Christians. So let's talk about these questions, Jacob. We got a few questions for you. Uh, Jacob, can you do a teaching on biblical prayer for the days we're living in and heading as the body as also for Israel? Would it be good for these days? It would be good for these days we are seeing. So can you do a teaching, not now, on biblical prayer and the days that we're living in and heading into? Um, we've done some teachings on prayer. But why reinvent the wheel? A number of people have done some excellent teachings on prayer before I was born and before I was born again. Some good, some not so good. I'll tell you this. Before he began to veer off and not rein in his son and certain other things, one of the best teachings on prayer I ever heard was by Charles Stanley, going back to the 1970s. He spoke at the National Prayer Conference, which I think was in Texas, and it was one of the best expositions on the subject of prayer I'd ever heard. Now, I know later on in life, he began to go off and his son is a heretic and things like this, but um, who he gave platform to. But at one time, he was on the money. He was good. Another guy who, who was not so good, he over-reiterated. He had a very cavalier writing style, and he just over-repeated, but he had some wrong doctrines, was E.M. Bounds. I would not recommend E.M. Bounds as a, as a prayer. But if you're talking about prayer in the last days specifically, um, the scripture does not differentiate between prayer and prayer in any eschatological context. The return of Christ was always inherent in prayer. Let's look at what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is better called the Disciples' Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, in Hebrew, Avinu Sheba Shemaim, okay? Quius and Chalius. Thy kingdom come. Thy it, it always had the focus of the return of Christ right from the beginning. Thy kingdom come. Or we said the other night, James asked me, Samalo, deliver us from evil. Um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That word paresmos is the same word used for the church of Philadelphia, the hour of testing. Um, and the evil one, the Antichrist. The nuances or the implications of the last days were always in biblical prayer. You can even see this in the high priestly prayer of Jesus, okay? In the high priestly prayer of Jesus, there are things which point to his return. So I don't think that there is a separate genre of prayer that we can biblically associate with the return of Christ. You have different genre of prayer, like praise, le halel, okay? And you have intercessions in Tuxus in Greek, lehavgia in Hebrew. There's a difference between ordinary prayer and intercessory prayer. There's a difference between prayer and praise. <coughs> um, you can make those... <laughs> those kinds of distinctions <laughs> but there is no specific distinction 
of prayer and prayer for the last days, no specific distinction. You see the last days always in some way inherent <laughs> in biblical prayer, even in both Testaments, particularly the new. I hope that answers. Uh, Jacob, could you point to something that you've taught that can relate to that? People can go to it and, and, and we, maybe we can put the link on it and people could actually have access to it that you recall that you you dealt with that subject about prayer. I remember one when you made the distinctions of you know intercession burdens and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the teachings I would say is the two-way conversation okay. or the one-way conversation. That would be one. We met, you know, the prayer is talking to God. No, prayer is talking with God. <laughs> it's not talking to God. It's talking yes. with God. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Very good. That is a basic thing that most of us don't get. As a young believer, I didn't get that. Hmm. You know what I mean? It was, oh, God bless mommy and daddy, whatever. Okay. <laughs> it's Prayer is not talking to God. It's talking with God. Yes. Okay. If I was going to begin with anything, I would begin with that. Very good. Very good. Uh, Jacob, here, here's the question, and uh, it's, it's about one of your friends. Should we avoid Tom Hughes? and those who align themselves with his teachings. He's a nice guy. And I spoke at his church. I used to speak there periodically. And I don't dislike him personally at all. I am not troubled by the, although I disagree with him, I'm not troubled by the fact that he's, that he's pre-tribulational. I think pre-tribulationism is not scriptural. I think it is a largely 19th century invention of the Darbyists and people who influenced Darby such as some of the urbanites, but I don't think um, it makes somebody a heretic. I think it makes them misguided, and I think the Holy Spirit is showing many people who have subscribed to this error that it's wrong and it's not true, and there's not a pre-trib rapture, okay? But I know a lot of Christians who believe it, including Tom Hughes. This is not the issue. A distinction must be made between the traditional pre-trib people, like Dr. Mark Hitchcock, or even like Jan Markell. I wish we'd all been ready. That kind of thing. But now there is a newfangled pre-tribulationism that is theological insanity, that the rapture is the apostasy, that the great falling away, the apostasia in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is the rapture. This is absurd. It is linguistically and exegetically absurd. We talk about the apostemi, but the fact is it's not apex legemina. Paul uses that term in Timothy, also in the context of the close of the age, about a departure from the faith, a departure from the belief, departing from the truth. The idea that this departure from the truth, the apostasy, the apostasia, is the rapture is ludicrous. Tom Hughes has given place to people who believe that. I don't say he believes it himself. He also gives place to people who are not pre-trib, like um, um, uh, well, he 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 had me speaking in his church sometimes, knowing I wasn't pre-trib. But he has still has John Haller at some of his events, and John Haller is certainly not pre-trib. Um, but the problem I have with, with what Tom Hughes is doing is 
he's gotten in bed with hyperdispensationalists. Hyperdispensationalism is a serious, serious error. The Darbyism. Bullinger took it to its greatest extremes. Cyrus Schofield, who was a criminally convicted swindler, sent to prison as, a, as, as an embezzler. Um, mm. These people, remember, the contemporaries of Darby, like Charles Spurgeon, publicly opposed him. Other people in the Brethren movement, like Dr. Samuel Tregalis, who was a, quite a Greek scholar, much more knowledgeable of, of, of biblical languages than, than Darby, and George Mueller, they fell out with Darby. Okay, um, even All the Brethren didn't go with Darby. But Darby's ideas have predominated among pre-trib people. So I asked these people who, who subscribe to Darby, do you believe the Sermon on the Mount is not for Christians, it's for unsaved Jews? Do you believe the Epistle of James is part of the Old Testament? It's not for the church? No. Well, Darby did. And the same thing Darby does with the Sermon on the Mount, saying it's for the Jews, not the church, and this Epistle of James, it's not for the church, is what he does with the Olivet Discourse, with Matthew 24. That's for the Jews, it's not for the church. This is hyper-dispensationalism. Okay. The biggest proponents of it now who are doing the most damage and misleading Christians are undoubtedly Andy Wood and people like, I think, Lee, Lee Brainerd is another one. And, and they make these bogus arguments. Andy Wood has gone to the point where he's actually made the following statement that the dead in Christ are not people who are Christians who gave up the ghost and went to be with the Lord by natural means of biological expiration, temporary biological expiration, waiting for the resurrection, and have gone to be with the Lord. No, the dead in Christ are backslidden Christians. <laughs> but backslidden Christians also have the assurance of salvation. The dead in Christ will rise first. That means the backslidden Christians are going to be raptured. The foolish virgins are going nowhere, Jesus said. Andy Wood is a false teacher. He is a false teacher. Mr. Brainerd indulges in pseudo-scholarship, false scholarship. He's not a credible academic. He tries to look for evidence in the patristic literature for pre-trib rapture, and he reads things into texts that they don't even say. He's a pseudo-scholar, Mr. Brainerd. Andy Wood is a false teacher. Hyper-dispensationalism is wrong. Tom Hughes should know better. He comes from the original Calvary Chapel movement of Chuck Smith, who I liked personally. He was a friend of mine who I shared platforms with. Chuck was pre-trib, I was not. Chuck's brother, Paul, knows I wasn't. It never became a problem between us. Matter for discussion, not for division. But Chuck Smith never went to these things. Chuck Smith never believed that the dead in Christ are backslidden Christians who are going to be raptured before the others. This is craziness. Andy Wood teaches craziness. This is not traditional pre-tribulationism. Now, with traditional pre-tribulationists, people such as Dr. Mark Hitchcock or 
or um, John Markell or people like that. I can respectfully disagree. I hope we can dialogue, but I don't want to divide, ideally. But when you begin saying that the apostasy is the rapture, or when you go to the degree Andy Wood goes with the hyper-dispensationalism, things that people like Spurgeon condemned, and you begin to say that the dead in Christ are backslidden Christians or people who are morally failed Christians, and they're going to be raptured. This is dangerous, false deception, and it's from the devil. And Tom Hughes is given platform to these people. He should know better. I wish he had stuck with the traditional, if he's going to be pre-trib, I don't agree with it, but I wish he had stuck with the traditional pre-trib that he got from Chuck Smith. But he hasn't. He's given platform to these people, the false teachers, people who should be silent, people who should be exposed, warned against, and he's promoting them. I'm very disappointed in Tom Hughes. Very good, Jacob. Uh, we got a next question here. Uh, Davey's going to add to that question. Go ahead, Davey. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll answer the ask the question the way it's uh, written, and then I'll try and um, I, I explain what I think the person's meaning. So, look, apologies to the person who asked the question, just in case I am misunderstanding you and getting it wrong. But your uh, question, as is written, instead of answering if one can do whatever they want and still be saved, the message should simply be the Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22, life model for the Christian, and just call sin out according to the authority of Holy Scripture, God's word. I think that basically what they're saying, basically when we see someone like um, Andy Woods basically saying we can live immorally, you, you, a person can live immorally however they want and still be saved and that sort of thing, that basically, you know, we should just use scripture to sort of answer. Um, so I'll, I'll get your thoughts. I, I kind of think it, it's not just a moral issue. This is me answering part of it. It's not just a moral issue. It becomes how we deal with God's word. It's a hermeneutical yes. uh, question. So, Jacob, could you share your, your thoughts? It is both a hermeneutical issue and a moral issue. Without holiness, no man shall see God. The idea that somebody can go out and shack up with their girlfriend or sleep around and live immorally and still think that they're on the road to heaven unless they repent. No, they need to repent and stop living that way. To have the assurance of salvation, you must follow Jesus, not the world. So there is the moral aspect, but there is the hermeneutical aspect. Let's just take what they're saying again about aphestiomai, a term not even found in the text of Second Thessalonians, which means a spatial departure. Because there's an underlying Greek term, aphestiomai, under apostasia, which can mean a spatial departure. Therefore, the apostasy is a spatial departure. It's the rapture. Not looking at <clears throat> what it says in Acts about apostasy or what Paul writes in the same context of the return of Christ about apostasy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. In the last days, difficult times will come. Men will apostatize. They will depart from the faith, apostasia. Giving one definition in one place, 
but another passage speaking about the same subject, another definition. These are hermeneutical shenanigans. That is what they're doing. Or when you say, no, I believe the Sermon on the Mount is also for Christians. It's not just for unsaved Jews. Or I believe that the Epistle of James is part of the New Testament. It's not for it's not part of the Old Testament for unsaved Jews. Well, then, why are you saying that the, that the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, is for unsaved Jews, not for Christians? There's no consistency in their hermeneutic. They just move the goalpost. They just move the goalpost to suit what they want. God does not move the goalposts. If the word means apostasy in this context, and another passage is speaking about the same subject, it's the same context. The word means the same thing in both passages. They play games with God's word. They are not rightly dividing the word of God. They are not rightly dividing the word of God. They're engaging in what some people in the 16th century called monkey tricks. That's what it is. Hyperdispensationalism is monkey tricks. But when people go off morally, they will go off doctrinally because they're going to try to find a way to justify the way they're living, the wrong way they're living. When somebody goes off morally, it almost it's almost inevitable they will go off doctrinally and vice versa. When you see somebody who had been solid going off doctrinally, beware. There may be a moral issue under the surface. They are the symptoms of each other. So often, they are the symptoms of each other. People I know that have gone off doctrinally, and we find out later they went off morally. People went off morally, later we find out that they went off doctrinally. It's so common. Yeah, very good. Jacob. Even, even what uh, uh, what Darby said about rightly dividing the word of truth, he didn't he didn't mean what the scripture says, which means to open it up and bring it forth. He he right. meant to cut it up and divide it up in Correct. pieces. Yeah, that's so even, right. He meant you hack it up along hyperdispensational lines. Yeah, instead of opening it up as, as the scripture that's says. Right. Thanks, Davy. I appreciate the question, Davy. Uh, Jacob, Thank do you think you're exactly right? Uh, Jacob, do you think Hamas, Houthis, Hezbollah are also being funded secretly by the CIA, literally the U.S. government? No, I think they're being funded by Iran. Okay, and I guess I guess that would be the. What you might get, yeah, are operatives. There might be people in Hamas or Hezbollah who are informants for the CIA. Normally, they would not be, their handler would not be a CIA officer. They would get a proxy. They would get another Arab. They would get somebody from a friendly Arab intelligence agency. They might get a Saudi Arabian, for instance, or someone like that. Gotcha. The handler. And then the Saudi would, the Saudis would pass on the information to the CIA. In that sense, the Israeli Mossad British MI6 and the CIA do have eyes and ears within these organizations. It's called human, human, human intelligence, as opposed to reconnaissance intelligence or electronic intelligence. It's human, human intelligence. They do try to get informants within these organizations. 
and they are characteristically paid. So in that sense, yes, but that's not funding the organizations themselves. It's about infiltrating the organizations and buying information. Jacob, could the two witnesses that appear, uh, the two witnesses that appear, but the same two that showed up at the ascension of Jesus, who were the two, were those two men dressed in white addressing the man in Galilee? Okay, those, those are angels. Those are angels. There are places where angels appear as types, types of the two witnesses. Most prominently, to the best of my understanding, would be the two angels who appeared in human form who rescued Lot and his family. They prefigure the two witnesses, and they are angelic beings. You gotcha. can talk about angelic prefiguring, types, shadows of the witnesses. But the witnesses themselves will not be angelic. They'll be human. Bingo. Uh, Jacob, can a clone have a soul? Soul in the sense of breath. Remember, you've got three in Hebrew and Greek. In Hebrew, body, goof. Soul, nefesh. Spirit, ruach. In Greek, body, soma. Soul, psuche. Get the word psychology. Spirit, numa. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In Hebrew, kol hanshama pelelelyah. Let everything that has breath. He breathes in, became a living soul. Animals have a soul, but they don't have a living soul because it doesn't have a spirit that will live forever. Okay. So it's not a living soul. It has breath. It has consciousness. It has a, a degree of intelligence, okay? So when you say the soul, do you mean the spirit or do you mean the consciousness, the intellect, the will? Can you please repeat the question? Can a clone have a soul? Yeah, well, it's a, a, a clone can have a soul. Yes. Okay. The question is, where does a clone get the spirit? That's right. That, that's that's yeah. And maybe that's what he meant, but he better got confused. But yes, like a soul, but not a spirit. You have to be uh, very careful of the terminology in the original languages. Absolutely. Uh, what can I read up to be able to answer a friend of mine, who was also a missionary kid but left the faith, who is convinced that academics have proven the Bible to be false. There's tons of apologetic material. I would not take a single book as an overview. I would break it down and say, show me where they've shown it to be false. Correct. What? Do you mean creation? Or do you mean um, the historicity of Christ? What do you mean? Deal with the individual issues that he says they've proven. So you deny the historicity of the resurrection of Christ. You're denying that, that God is the creator. You're denying, you know, um, the, the, the Bible proves that the, is, it, there was no Moses or something like this. Liberal higher critics say this. Academics say these things. Take the individual area and deal with it subject by subject. Don't try to deal with it 
holistically. As a whole. Okay. Very yeah. good. Jacob, do the Knights of Templar worship Baphomet? The Knights of Templar probably don't really exist anymore, except maybe a handful of kooks who think they're Knights of Templar. Knights of Templar were Roman Catholics. Um, strangely, the St. John Ambulance Society in England does kind of trace their heritage back really? to the Templars because the Templars were medics. Yeah. They were, they were military medics who were warriors, but then they developed and evolved into something into something else during the period of the Crusades. Um, you always have had the incorporation of pagan and particularly Eastern religion into Christendom. This began with the Desert Fathers. It began with the post-Nicene church when pagan influences got into the church. But during that period of the Templars, the Crusades, the troubadours reached India and the spice trade from India in the period of the Crusades revolutionized the agricultural economy of Europe. The Crusades were as, as much about money and spice trade, which in an agricultural economy, it changed everything. You could make food last longer and taste better, okay? Um, and when they went to India and when they went to Persia, they would bring these pagan influences back. This stuff begins in the post-Nicene era of, of the Desert Fathers, where you had monasticism. Buddhists have always had monks. Buddhist monks came to Alexandria, where they met people professing to be Christians. And a kind of monasticism, we want to be free from the world, so we're going to go into the desert. Um, they began copying Buddhism. Now, later on, monasticism was redefined by Benedict in the Middle and Dark Ages, but it began with the influences of Buddhism. During the time of the Templars, um, <clears throat> the whole thing of the counting prayers on beads and these kind of things were brought back to Europe by the Crusades. I don't think that they worshipped Baphomet as such. These were things that were said about them by people who eventually didn't like them. But I do think the trappings of pagan religion, which were always demonic, were incorporated into their worship system. Okay? And that's not peculiar, that's not unique or peculiar to the Knights Templar. The Knights of Col the Roman Catholic Knights of Columbus are the same. Yeah. You see the, the, the Legion of Mary and things like this, the Blue Army and the Catholic Church. Diana of Ephesus was, was called the Queen of Heaven in Ephesus. And in the fifth century at the Council of Ephesus, they Maryized Diana and they said Mary's the Queen of Heaven. Um, so they're, they're not really praying to Mary. They think they are. They're praying to Diana of Ephesus. You know, the, the, <laughs> that's what they're praying to. They're just too ignorant to know it. Um, in that sense, you'd have these kind of pagan and even demonic origins getting into medieval Catholicism and also Greek Orthodoxy. Also Greek Orthodoxy. Very good. Jay, what do you got? Because of Yavala. 
Yani. Yes. Yeah, when it goes like this. And the James, other, yeah. James is right. Because they've got yeah. the guy to the grand architect of the universe with Yavalon and all these kind of things. Avalon, yeah, Avalon. Yeah, that's right. James is, James is correct. Very good. All right. Uh, I think there's one more, and uh, then we'll get into the, the Pope stuff. Uh, I think it's more like, well, it is a question, but I don't think you need to answer it today, Jacob. Maybe Jacob could do a recap of just as in the days of Noah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I, I say go listen to the whole message, and you probably get more out of it. Yeah, I think listen to the old one first and then reconsider. Uh, yeah, if I was to update it, obviously things like artificial intelligence would have to be incorporated into the the new yeah. equation. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should do that one. Maybe we should do a, a live, as in the days of Noah, put all the stuff in, get some info, input from the comments and stuff like that. That'd be yeah, something to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it live. All right, very good. Uh, Jacob, let me switch screens here, and let's talk about our good old friend from the Vatican. There he uh, is. <laughs> not sure if he's our friend or he likes us, but uh, there he is. All right. So oh, next week. Please don't go. Don't leave. <laughs> the Catholic Church uh, basically explaining now the Pope approves the blessings from say for same-sex marriage or couples that must not resemble marriage. So what he's saying is, technically, <laughs> is that he is not suggesting that the church is actually endorsing gay marriage. Uh, maintaining its strict ban, but rather that the church wants to bless them. So I'm not sure where the this, uh, the discrepancy is, but LGBTQI plus groups uh, are warning that this, again, it's hypocrisy and it underscores the church's idea that gay couples remain inferior to heterosexual couples. Uh, so Jacob, here it is. He's suggesting that blessing doesn't mean that they are okay with marriage, the church still holds to with a strict ban on gay marriage, but we just want to bless them. And 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 according to the document which I read, it, it has the idea here that it is going to increase people's trust in God, and it must be nurtured, not hindered. And this is why he's doing it. Okay, Take a okay. let's begin with bless. <clears throat> to bless in Hebrew, leverech, leverech. The Lord bless you and keep you. Adonai yevarechecha, to bless, okay? To speak divine favor upon, okay? Levarech. In, in Greek, you've got two, two, two different words. You've got eulogio, we get the word eulogy. You bless the memory of a dead person in a sermon, for instance, eulogia. <clears throat> and also word that uh, makarios makarios in greek okay <clears throat> in spanish in a uh, latin we get the word benediction from it or spanish bendigo okay he seems to have invented a definition not found in the hebrew scripture not found in the greek new testament and not even found in his own latin vulgate he seems to have his own definition of the word. Well, that's the first absurdity. Second absurdity. The Roman Catholic Church 
draws a distinction between mortal sin and venial sin. Mortal sin being something that is hell damning. Two mortal sins that are hell damning, according to their own catechism, their own imprimatur, nihilate, obstat, official Vatican doctrine that have always been there. Homosexuality, practicing homosexual acts, is a mortal sin. And if you don't go to Mass on Sunday, it's a mortal sin. And if you don't go to confession and partake of the Eucharist at least once a year, it is a mortal sin. It is hell damning. He says there are conditions to bless these same-sex marriages. That they commit the mortal sins <laughs> of homosexuality of a homosexual physical relationship, of sodomy, and that they commit the mortal sin of not partaking of the sacraments of Eucharist once a year at minimum. And go so we are prepared to bless your same-sex marriage as long as you commit the mortal sin of sodomy and as long as you commit the mortal sin of not partaking of the sacraments, the Eucharist once a year, and so on. Unless you meet those conditions of committing those two mortal sins, we can't bless you. <laughs> oh, man. This is insanity. But there's even something more insane. Jesus was clear. Call no man on earth your father as a religious title. Despite the fact he says that, there are even Roman Catholics who know it's wrong. There are bishops, many priests, but even bishops, hierarchy, saying it's wrong. And they will still call him the Holy Father. They will kneel down and kiss his ring. They will kneel down and kiss his ring and call him the Holy Father. Even though he says... We're going to put a blessing on something the word of God condemns that we admit is a mortal sin under the condition that you commit the mortal sins of sodomy and of not taking the Eucharist at least once a year. Oh, my good Lord. This is insane. I have always said Roman Catholicism is a form of mental illness. You've got to be crazy to think he's your holy father. And he's not the first crazy pope. History is saturated with popes just as depraved and worse than he is. Yeah, the era, pedophile yeah. protecting people who protect pedophile sex criminals at the expense of not protecting Catholic children. Yet he's the Holy Father? You couldn't make this up. It's absurd. We're going to bless the same-sex marriage under the condition that you commit at least two mortal sins, one of homosexuality and one of not taking the sacrament. 
Now, as long as you commit two mortal sins, we can bless you for mortal sin. We can put a benediction on mortal sin as they define mortal sin. They're not, forget about being true or faithful to the word of God. They're not even true to their corrupt catechism. Yet there's people who still say, he's still the Pope, he's still the Holy Father. No, Jesus said, one is your Father who's in heaven. If you believe in this garbage, you're going to wind up where he's going to wind up. And believe me, it's a place you don't want to go. No, absolutely, Jacob. Coming from a Catholic background, you, you know, uh, myself and my family, and some of them are still in the Catholic Church, and some of them, you know, priests and nuns. Uh, you know, this this is a big thing. And I asked Catholics this question, and and uh, in fact, I had a discussion as we were sharing the gospel last uh, two weeks ago with a uh, um, an apologist, seemingly an apologist for the Catholic Church. Uh, and, and the question was about the Pope and, and about, you know, how can he do these things and and, uh, and especially this. And he said, well, we always had corrupt popes, so we're, we're going to survive. <laughs> we're just going to we're just going to move on. And, uh, and the church is going to be fine. It just it's one of those things that you just deal with. Now, now traditionally, Jacob, in the past, some Catholics were really outraged and there are some that still are. I'm not denying that. But there seems to be some kind of apologetic uh, uh, you know, expression that's going on in the in, in the Catholic Church that this is just part and parcel of what we've always gone through, Middle Ages, and, and, and but we're going to be fine. We're going to go on and move on and, and have a good time uh, as a Catholic Church because you know we've always had these things, but we'll survive. Um, well, he's like been going worse. I had this stinking antichrist religion, a lie of the devil, forced down my throat by my Irish Catholic mother. She was a well-intentioned but ignorant woman. And her mother was the same. Fanatic Roman Catholic. Fanatic. Um, not mass on Sunday, mass every day. Mm. Just totally blind to realities. You said something against the Pope, that was like saying something against God himself to, to their thinking. Okay, don't confuse me with the facts. My mind is made up. Any criticism of the Catholic Church was from the devil. It came from the Protestants. That's a lie of the Protestants. <laughs> you know, there's dead babies buried in the convents in Ireland. That's a lie of the Protestants. Yeah, get a shovel and go digging. They found 900 and two of them. You know, <laughs> don't confuse me with the facts. My mind is made up. So many of these priests are homosexuals themselves. We know that, and they are homosexual child molesters. So many nuns are lesbians, and we know that, and lesbian child molesters and abusers. We know that. This thing should not surprise us. Um, they worship the ism. On a David and Goliath tape, we teach about this. Muslims don't really worship Allah. They think they do. They worship Islam. Hasidic Jews, Orthodox, particularly ultra-Orthodox Jews, don't worship Hashem. They worship Judaism, Talmudic Judaism, Rabbinism. Okay. Roman Catholics don't worship God, Jesus, or even Mary. They think they do. Hyperdulia is what they call the devotion to Mary. No, they worship Catholicism. It's Holy Mother the Church, the personified harlot, false religion, is always personified as a harlot symbolically in scripture. 
the church is the bride of Christ, Israel is God's woman, while the satanic counterfeit is the harlot, the great harlot. False religion is the harlot. And you're not going to find a religion more false than Roman Catholicism pretending to be Christian. They worship the ism. They are slaves of the whore. They eat at Jezebel's table. They are slaves of the whore system. If they worshipped God, if they really worshipped Jesus, they would be born again and the Holy Spirit would show them through the scripture, this is false, get out of it, come out of her, my people. And there are many people who became born again while in the Catholic Church and they quickly realized by reading scripture, the Holy Spirit wanted them out of it. How can you, in your right mind, think it's okay? Oh, we've had bad popes before. This doesn't make a difference. He's... Of course it makes a difference. You're claiming that man's the vicar of Christ. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. He is. And he acts vicariously on behalf of Jesus Christ. Where did Jesus Christ ever say it's okay to be a homosexual? They usually How? resort to, uh, you know, the traditions of the church. Oh, not everything in the Bible is in the Bible. Not everything in the Bible is scripture. There's oral traditions. There's things that passed on by Paul. Mm -hmm. Not this, of course. But yeah. they, 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 so there's no authority. Roman Catholicism can only exist by what Paul warns about in 1 Corinthians, exceeding the things that are written. Hmm. No mass cards, no purgatories, no scapulas. They can only exist by exceeding the things that are written. Yeah, absolutely. Roman Catholic Church can only exist by doing what Jesus condemned the Sadducees to hell for in Matthew 15. If the popes, the magisterium, the college of cardinals, if they didn't do what Jesus condemned the Sadducees for, if they didn't do what Jesus said was hell damning in Matthew 15, they couldn't exist. They have to do what the Sanhedrin did. They have to teach us precepts of God, the inventions of men. Yeah, very true. What was that thing, Jay, that you Blessing same-sex marriage, that's an invention of men. <laughs> Real quick, I, I just wanted to say the Catholic Church is, uh, the, is basically the Church of Semiramis. And when you yes. see the women weeping for the Pope, when the Pope dies or when the Pope is elected, they're weeping for their new Tammuz. The Pope is just That's a right. reinvention of Tammuz. Every t he dies and he comes back. It's a, it's a very pagan form of, it's a pagan deception of Christianity. It's really what it is. And the fact that you have a major, I would say that the fact that he's blessing gay marriage is just the fact that most of the cardinals, most of the priests, are probably of that persuasion. To be honest, it's been—we all know it's been infiltrated in the Catholic Church since, oh, I, I don't know, eighteen, seventeen, sixteen hundreds. That—that's what they were known for. James, you know the Roman Catholic Cathedral in L.A. down by Union Station there. I do. Off the Hollywood uh, Freeway, the big one. Yes. You go on there, go in there, you'll see on the door the engraving of Pacamama, <laughs> the oh, pagan yeah. female goddess. 
Pachamama. It's right on the door. Yeah, they did incorporate right the house of Pachamama. Uh, he's you know a, what I mean? Down, what is it? The 101? The Hollywood Freeway? The Hollywood Freeway. Uh, I think it's right there, uh, yeah, Our Lady. Same okay, I'll, 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 I, I know, I know the one, Peck, though. Gregory Peck is buried in the crypt underneath it. Oh. And you go down there, and it's it's by Union Station. Okay. I, I know exactly where Union Station is, and I, I, I will take a look someday and take a picture of that. Akimama. <laughs> Now, according to, uh, th there were some British priests. There's some British priests who are rebelling. Oh, no, they're rebelling against it because it says the Catholic Church is unchangeable, they said. This is, you can't change it, even if they wanted to do a case-by-case -case basis. So there's about 500 priests in the UK in the uh, uh, confraternity uh, of Catholic clergy. That's a mouthful. The group felt compelled to reiterate that the church is Unchanged and unchangeable. Jacob, what do they mean by that? Okay, you talked about this before. There's two types of doctrine proxima fede and de fede. Proxima fede and de fede. A proxima fede doctrine, like it's approximately, proxima fede, is something that you can change. In other words, you can get rid of the tridentine mass in Latin and put it into English. That's proxima fede, okay? But you can't change a de fede doctrine. In other words, they could never change transubstantiation, or they could never change, in theory, homosexuality being wrong, because it's a de fede doctrine. So what they're saying is, this pope is changing a de fede doctrine, which nobody can do. A de fede doctrine cannot be changed. The constitutional motto of the Roman Catholic Church is sempre eden. Sempre Eden, always yeah. the same. We never change. Now they can change proxima fadey stuff, but they cannot change de fadey stuff. This church is changing, de this Pope is changing de fadey stuff, and it's freaking them out. It is. The other thing is with the homosexuality, a lot of the priests in England are Irish, okay? They come from Ireland or their parents did. And within the Irish Catholic culture, the way you expressed homosexual attraction was not by marrying a man. You became, you expressed homosexual attraction by becoming a Catholic priest. You go into this all-male environment where you put on vestments, a cassock, you put on the amice, the alb, the cincture, the stole, the chasuble, the masuble. You get dressed up in female drag, as it were. You dress up like a woman and you go into this all-male environment. That's why you see uh, probably 85% of the pedophilia that's been exposed has been of a homosexual nature. I mean, some of them molest little girls, but most of them molest little boys. In Irish Catholic culture, it's wrong to marry a man if you're a homosexual. If you're a homosexual, you're supposed to become a priest. <laughs> and and, and it, it, it hurts their club. Those wedding bells are breaking up that old gang of mine, you know. <laughs> Let's talk about this for real quick, Jacob, because we've got to finish real quick. But I did want to address, it's not just the Catholic Church, but this also the Church of England. This is uh, Gladys uh, uh, Lager, uh, yeah. or, or Lager, if you want to pronounce it right. Uh, she is a teacher. She's actually a foreign language teacher at a school. Uh, it is actually a uh, Church of England school. And uh, she was actually... 
found guilty. Unacceptable professional conduct. You think she did something terrible. What she did was she shared her Christian belief at a Church of England school. And therefore, the Teaching Regulation Agency, the TRA, came down on the school and on her for unacceptable professional conduct. She told her students, basically, that that LGBTQI plus ideology was not uh, correct biblical teaching. And she made it clear uh, that she didn't agree with it and she didn't agree with the ideology. And so she's treated like a criminal because she refused to teach the lessons which have been incorporated as religious education to her seven-year-old pupils at the school. Now, she's a foreign language teacher, but she's been forced to, I guess, incorporate LGBTQI plus into that. So uh, the parents have complained that she, you know, that she's been uh, attacking the LGBTQ plus uh, community and all these things. Now, she never, she never denied that she doesn't agree with it, but she never attacked any students. In fact, one of the things that she was accused of was praying that we should pray for LGBTQI plus uh, people. Um, didn't mean any hatred by it or anything like that. But anyway, I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick before we go. Uh, this okay. is the Church of England school. This is there TRA. Three, there, there are three aspects of this. After the Roman church, the next church most likely to have the pedophilia are the Anglo-Catholics, the Episcopalians, the High Church of England. They have the Mass, they have the sacraments, they have the celibate clergy. They have everything the Roman Catholic Church has except the Pope. They replace the Pope with the British monarch and as the titular head and as the um, functional head, the Archbishop of Canterbury, but otherwise they're the same as Roman Catholicism. They follow English instead of Latin, but that's it. It's the same. They're the next ones who have the most pedophilia and perversion. Wow. An Anglican vicar who was born again, who's got the boot, who left uh, up in Morecambe, England, just the week before last, the bishop came against him because he referred to a transgender male as a bloke. Oh, <laughs> oh it's a, like a guy in English land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the great abomination. This is terrible, you know. Well, he's left. He's there's a free church of England that doesn't follow this. The other thing is okay. That's that's the first aspect. The second aspect is um the. situation in education. This past week at Notre Dame, St. Mary's Roman Catholic College at Notre Dame in Indiana, um, they agreed to allow transgender males to attend this all-woman's college. (laughs) Oh, man. This is the Roman Catholic Church. So they've never completely broken with Rome theologically. You understand? Yeah. They've broken with Rome ecclesiologically. They've come out from under the Vatican and the Pope, but they've never broken from it theologically. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Catechetical Lutherans, like Chris Rosebro, were sacramentalists, and high Anglicans, Anglo-Catholics, they've broken with Rome ecclesiologically, but they've not broken with Rome 
theologically, they have the same basic kinds of beliefs, so they do the same basic kinds of things. Does that, does that make sense? No, absolutely. absolutely. This now, is the, third, now, the final aspect is yeah, this. Yeah, a big fight in England about this. Yeah, now the final aspect is this. This, this young Christian sister in faith is obviously a black woman. She's either African descent or Afro-Caribbean descent, okay, and a Christian. There's a lot of sage Christians in Britain who are Afri African or Afro-Caribbean descent from Ghana or from the West Indies or whatever, okay, <clears throat> Nigeria or something like this, okay. Notice the left. They're all for the blacks, as long as the blacks are a useful stooge. Hmm. I'll throw the black under the bus when the black does not follow their narrative. They're all for, all for women's rights. But when it comes to letting transgender men with a natural orthomuscular advantage compete against women in sports, they throw the women. They throw the feminists under the bus. They don't care about blacks. They don't care about women. They don't care about homosexuals. They'll throw them all under the bus. All of these groups the left pretends to care about are mere stooges, useful idiots to them. When they stop being useful, they'll do what Stalin did with the useful idiots. Mm. Get rid of them. This is what's happening. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, Jacob, classrooms no longer safe for Christians. I mean, this is a teacher at a Christian school, oh. supposedly. Oh, look, just, look. There's no, there's no place more dangerous for a child than in a Roman Catholic school where a priest or a nun could get their hands on them. If you yeah. love your children, don't put them in a Catholic school or in a Church of England school, school, I guess. <laughs> go down and check it, check out what Cardinal Mahoney did. Why, why did they pay 700 million plus million dollars in yeah. LA where you guys are to, to keep Mahoney out of jail plus the law fees it cost a billion dollars to keep Mahoney out of San Quentin there's no place more dangerous for a child than a Roman Catholic school and the Anglicans are not much better yeah this is Bishop Justice uh, of the Church of England school in Bromley Kent yeah, and uh, so th this has been going on for some time now. So, uh, if you have, yeah, people have any questions, they can go to Christian Legal Center, which is a website, uh, Christian Legal Center, find out more about uh, her case, and we should pray for this lady, uh, Davy. What do you got? One one thing too, I'm noticing this more and more, and it was interesting about the this time last year we saw the same sort of thing happen with that lady Isabel in the UK. We're yes. starting cases where they're trying to legislate prayer where they're trying to legislate who you can pray for what you can pray where you can pray and we know eventually look that's what the the antichrist is going to want worship we look yep. what they did with daniel they got him on prayer and it's kind of like again yep. here with this lady you're not allowed to pray for people yep. with the same sex attract attraction so we can see this happening more and more the legislating of um our prayer life it's kind of like you know because that's what the Antichrist ultimately yeah. wants. He wants to worship um, that's rightfully due to God. He he wants that for himself. Yep, yep. absolutely. Very good. Uh, well, great stuff today, guys. Great stuff today. I'm catching up and I'm backstage. Uh, we're going to close it out. Jacob, of all the things we talked about, all the things that we dealt with from spiritual battles and warfare and entities and coming in and there's war and there's choke points and Christians are being persecuted, homosexuality rampant in the world. 
and I guess in the Catholic Church and the Church of England, closes out and brings some sanity to all this. The only sanity is, behold, I've told you all these things beforehand. Jesus is coming. Now understand, we're talking about the church here and secular society. Let's just close tonight by looking at Israel. Alan Dershowitz was bemoaning the fact of what's being done to him and his family. He wrote a book defending Israel in light of the present Gaza situation. The biggest Jewish cultural institution in the United States is the 92nd Street Y was originally, like YMCA was the Young Hebrew Men's Association, but it's called the 92nd Street Y, and there's several Jewish cultural institutions in the 92nd Street Y. They've banned him because of his support for Israel and other things. They didn't like the fact that he was one of Trump's lawyers at the, the impeachment, things like this. They banned him. The biggest reformed temple Reformed Jews call their synagogues temples. The biggest reformed temple in the United States, in the world, is Temple Emmanuel in Manhattan, up on Fifth Avenue. Know it well. They banned Alan Dershowitz. They used to put on mock trials, and he would be the defense lawyer for Noah or Abraham or Moses. They banned him in favor of a left-wing Jew who they paid an honorarium to come speak against Israel. There is a division between traditional Jews like Alan Dershowitz, who tended to be Democrat, and the left-wing Jews. The same as you're seeing a division in the church. The second biggest denomination in the United States now, the United Methodists. One-third of the Methodists have left over the homosexual issue. One-third. Two-thirds have gone with the LGBTQ agenda. You're seeing this kind of split in the church well, it's not a coincidence we are simultaneously seeing this kind of split in the Jewish community because we have the children of God and the people of God. The people of God are dividing Israel and the Jews, and those who profess to be the children of God, the church, are dividing. Of course, they're not true children, and the others are not true Jews. They're only Jews in culture or ethnicity. They don't believe the Torah. I pray for the salvation of Alan Dershowitz and other Jews like him. They're bewildered. What has happened to us? What's happened to the Jewish community? Why are people listening to Norman Finkelstein and these crazy things, left-wing Jews? What's happening that you got Jews siding with Hamas? Why am I being banned by the largest Jewish institutions in New York and America? Please pray for the salvation of Alan Dershowitz and of other Jews like him. I've been thinking about him and praying for him a lot. Can we please pray for his salvation very quickly? Lord God, 
he knows there's a crisis. He knows there's a division. He doesn't understand why, but he knows. I pray, Lord God, he has some kind of human integrity, human honesty. I pray that you will open his eyes to the Messiahship of Yeshua. And I think likewise of other such Jews who are politically conservative, who see what's happening, of Ben Shapiro, of Dennis Prager, of Michael Savage, Lord, of, of Mark Levin. I pray that you will open the eyes and of Roseanne uh, Barr, I pray that you will open their eyes to the Messiahship of their Messiah, Yeshua. Avinu Markenu, anaknu rosim lavo bifnecha velevekesh mimcha, tiftak et enaim shel Alan Dershowitz. Hu yodeya sheyesh mashbir. Hu yodeya sheyesh ezehit pargut. Hu lo yehol leavin et zeh, avar hu yodeya zekacha. Ana Adonai, tiftak et enaim shelo, lerot Yeshua ha'adon, ha'mashiach shel Israel, והמשיח שלו וגם משיחנו. בשמו ישוע אנחנו מתפללים. הללויה. אמן. אמן. Thank you, Jacob. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for staying up with us and those who are watching live. Thank you so much for being with us. It is uh, good morning, Australia, New Zealand. Enjoy your day. Jacob, have a good night. Thank and, you so very much. Yeah, Jay, have a good afternoon. And everyone else, God bless you. Keep preaching Jesus and keep praying. Atum Tash. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And we got to pray for Mr. Dershowitz and uh, Jewish. Uh, I just kept thinking of the scripture, Jacob, from John 10. A division rose among the Jews because of the words of Jesus. That's right. Hallelujah. Because of the words of Jesus. So right. some believed, some didn't. But may the grace of God be with them and open their eyes to see the truth. That's right. Yeah. It would happen then. It is happening right. today. Yeah. That's right. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful yes. evening. Thank you.